Welcome to this week's Sports Block Podcast, the Thanksgiving week edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacken with you alongside my good friend and co-host of this podcast, Travis Crins. Travis, how we doing? Good. Good. Big holiday, couple days away. It seems like this year's gone very fast. Yeah, I could say that. Uh, what is, well, especially compared to 2020. Yeah, um, compared, yeah, yeah. What is your favorite dish on Thanksgiving? What's your favorite food? Hmm. Man, so, some sort of potatoes is the favorite for, like, like I've been seeing the surveys and stuff, and people say, you know, mashed potatoes is number one. Mm-hmm. Um, you got the turkey, of course. Um, Are you a stuffing guy? I love stuffing. Yeah, there's nothing that I really like. Oh, I gotta have this. I gotta have that. Like green bean casserole, that was all right. Mm-hmm. Potatoes are good. The turkey is good. Good dinner roll with it, and some good pie. Yeah. Pumpkin pie. Yeah, I, I differ. I can't do pumpkin pie. I'm not a pumpkin guy. You don't like pumpkin pie. I don't like pumpkin pie. I like pumpkin muffins from Perkins, or I used to before oh. they. Did away with all of their cream cheese icing. I like pumpkin mousse or like pumpkin crunch and stuff. Hate pumpkin pie blizzard and despise pumpkin pie. I like pumpkin pie. You can have my share then. Good. Stuffing, I, I don't know, as a kid I didn't really like it. I like it. I, I, I'm fine with stuff and now I do like it. Um, there, there's nothing that I really, like, oh my god, I have to have this. So... Uh, potatoes, yeah, the, the potatoes, you can do some things with potatoes. Make Melissa put maybe bacon in the potatoes. Ooh, with some, like, melted shredded cheese or something in there. Something like that, and some onions or something crunchy, so. Doing that, so, yeah, potatoes are good, so. Um, every, every, everything's pretty much, pretty much good. I th- it's interesting they have this map of the U.S. and like they say like what's your favorite side and stuff and like down mm-hmm. t- like Maine was the oddball they had lettuce salad uh, which I found interesting some states had a favorite side of dinner rolls most though had like oh, mac and, or like mashed potatoes mac and cheese sweet potato pie I think was in like Tennessee or someplace down south you have your Cream corn, I think, was in Kansas, and corn was in Iowa or Nebraska, which makes sense. You know, stuffing and stuff. So, most of the usuals, and then you just had a few oddballs, like Maine. So, interesting. The only time I haven't been home for Thanksgiving was 2012. I was tampered last week. That's the only time I haven't been home for Thanksgiving. I came home the week before. Tennessee State was playing uh, SDSU in men's basketball. Mm, mm-hmm. And I knew I was not going to be home. I was going to be in what, Birmingham. Yep, yep. For Thanksgiving, I was there with the women's basketball team. And they had a good little Thanksgiving meal at the hotel that year. And that was down south. And that was good. What What did that consist of? I forget. There were... Like collard greens, maybe like sure. your southern stuff. Mm-hmm. No more, more southern. A deep fried turkey. Whatever it was, it was whatever they had was good. I remember. So, um, 
And then that was the year of the butt fumble. Mm. I remember that. Yeah. And um, they played at a tournament at Samford. They had a nice campus, and and that was that. Very good. Very good. So happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. Hopefully you can stuff your face and watch some awful, awful football. This, I think, is the worst year of Thanksgiving football I can recall in quite some time. And I would be curious here. I might – I'll have to try and look this up at some point. I cannot remember a year – Crins, since they went to the three games on Thanksgiving, that all six teams come into Thanksgiving on a loss. That's what we um, have this week. Bears at the I Lions. Can't. Bears lost to the Ravens, 16-13. Justin Fields got hurt. Andy Dalton comes in going against the JV Ravens, who are without Lamar Jackson, without Hollywood Brown. They're beat up all over. Ravens get a touchdown late, 20 seconds to go. They beat... Uh, Chicago 16-13. Detroit loses 13-10 to to Cleveland. No um, Jared Goff. They start some guy named Tim Boyle, who, uh, boy, I can't imagine that's going to get a lot of Lions fans thrilled if he starts on Thanksgiving. I would imagine Goff gets the start, but that's just an atrocious game right there featuring two teams with a combined 3-15 and one record. Then you have Dallas and the Raiders. The Raiders get smoked by Cincinnati 32 to 13 Joe Mixon over 120 yards rushing and two touchdowns so that was a good game for the Bengals bounce back win for them the Raiders are falling apart they've had a lot to deal with this year with you know between John Gruden and Henry Ruggs the third uh driving fast and killing uh that that young lady which is not good so They've had a lot to deal with, but their season seems to be spiraling out of control. The the Dallas Cowboys inexplicably lose to the Kansas City Chiefs, but it's, I guess, maybe a little more explained when you don't have Amari Cooper because he's unvaccinated, so he's tested positive for COVID. He's out this, uh, he was out against Kansas City. He'll be out against the, uh, against Vegas. Uh, Tyron Smith, the offensive tackle, wasn't out. Maybe that explains why Chris Jones was able to rack up three and a half sacks for the Chiefs. He was a dominant force, and Chiefs' defense has really turned the corner here. The Chiefs are looking good. Uh, so the Cowboys lose that game. The C.D. Lamb, he left with a concussion. Don't know what the status of he of, for him is going to be on Thanksgiving. So those teams have all lost. And then... You have the Buffalo Bills, who Jonathan Taylor, I think, just scored another two touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor, Colts running back, had four rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown. The Colts annihilate Buffalo in Buffalo, 41-15. It's an embarrassing loss for the Bills, who lost to the Jaguars a couple of weeks ago. And the, the Bills don't look very good, and all of a sudden, they're looking up in the standings now to the New England Patriots, who had that 25 nothing win against Atlanta last Thursday night. And then the Bills are taking on the Saints, who got blown out by Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles, forty to twenty-two. Hurts with three rushing touchdowns in this or in that game on Sunday. So all six teams headed into Thanksgiving are on losing streaks, and I can't recall a year where that has ever happened before. I would assume no, because at least that that last Sunday night game is your two best teams playing. And one of them usually wins. So, this, this Tim Boyle, Jack. <laughs> how, how and why? Is he on a team? How, how, does, how does he even get 
how is he even in the mix for anybody associated with with football at any at any level? He's not good enough to be a quarterback anywhere at any professional football league of any you, of you, any note. Are you telling me fifteen completions for seventy seven yards and completing or and throwing two interceptions is not good at the professional level? No. Well, they have David Blau from Purdue. Mm-hmm. I thought he was started. He has started games. He's not any good, but he's better than this guy. So why wouldn't you start him? And if you start him, you maybe win that game. Mm-hmm. And when I saw this guy was going to play, and I think you probably have, have you seen his number, his college numbers from what Connecticut? Is that where he went to school? I had no idea where he went to yes. school. Me neither. I never heard of this guy. And somebody said on Twitter, oh, yeah, they're going to start this guy. I'm like, who the fuck's this guy? <laughs> and he, he, was a, he is the worst. You can make the case he's the worst quarterback to ever start an NFL game. Ooh, that's, that's Spurgeon win territory we're talking here. At least he was, I, I think he was, like, good in college. Okay. Spurgeon win, where the hell he went, I think he was at least, he was at least, what, he was drafted, he was at least all right. You're a you know somebody of note. Mm-hmm. How Tim Boyle again is is in anywhere? Like how does he? How does he have the balls? Or I assume teams asked him to say, "Hey, come on!" And I think he was with the Packers last few years. I think somewhere on the Packers practice squad or roster somehow. And it's like, how does he have the balls to ask somebody for a tryout? And these teams probably are asking him. Like, oh, he must be a huge guy. He's like 6'3", so he's not small. But you look at his at his college stats, and they are the worst ever among any college player that has ever played in the NFL. And that is... I can't explain any of it, how he is on a team, how he would ever start a game. I don't know. So Spurgeon Wynn played football at West Tex- or at Southwest Texas State. Uh, I, he started oh, yeah. out at, as a, the univer- at the University of Minnesota. Uh, oh, yeah. But I guess now it's a... Now, it, it, okay, it's, it's Texas State. It's now known as Texas State. They used to be Southwest Texas State. Now they are just Texas State. So we know who we know Texas State, San Marcos, Texas, and whatnot. So Spurgeon win. I don't know. Like that's he had in 1998. He had 1,851 yards passing, 10 touchdowns, six interceptions. 1999, 1,646 yards, 14 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. He was a sixth-round pick of the Cleveland Browns in the year 2000. Um, that's not wonderful. Uh, but this Tim Boyle, yeah, he, I, I again, I think. You, you want to know his stats stacking? Yeah, let's his let the, stats. Yeah, let's go to the college. Uh, let's go. I've to, got him right here. Okay. I think he was also at Eastern Connecticut. Not sure he ever played, but he was at Connecticut from 2013 to 2015. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Spurgeon win stats. Those sound like Hall of Fame stats compared to this. (laughs) He threw one touchdown and had 13 interceptions. Whoa! (laughs) Yes, whoa. It's terrible. 
He threw uh, threw two hundred and seventy five passes. Nice. Completed forty eight percent of them for twelve hundred and thirty seven yards. We're looking at about four and a half yards per attempt. One touchdown and 13 interceptions over three seasons. In what world, in what world is that anything of note for a a college player? How in the fuck does he get on an NFL team? Do you think he lied on, like, with his resume and said, like, oh, hey, this is me. Like, he just showed teens film of some guy and... He's like, hey, that's me, Tim Boyle. Like, well, why does his name say Smith on the back? That was just my, that's just my alias. I, I'm, <laughs> this, that's really me. Like, it, I'm just, look, I, I just Googled Tim Boyle and Tim Boyle college stats. And there's an article from NESN, North, uh, the New England Sports Network from five days ago. And the headline says, Tim Boyle, Connecticut native, may start as Lions quarterback. College stats weren't good. Like, <laughs> No, they weren't. <laughs> He was bad for one of the worst teams in the country. How does he, how, I would love, how does he stuck around for this long? How do the Lions start him? And they almost win that game. They almost win that game. And he gave them the, one of his interceptions, one of his multiple interceptions he threw was so damn bad the other day. Yeah. It's, it's beyond explanation. It's one of the oddest, unexplainable things I've seen in sports in a long time. That just irritates me to no end. Well, now there's this Tim Boyle. I have Eastern Connecticut up here. Or, or not Connecticut. Eastern Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah, and he it looks like he's got you know 320 yards against Western Kentucky with two touchdowns. So, I mean... 11 touchdowns for the year? That's not terrible. I don't know. He's bad overall. Like the, the point is well taken. This guy should not be... If they're going to start him, why can't you and I get a start at quarterback? We probably do just as good as him. You and I and the Panthers. Yeah. yeah so, right. he goes, so he goes to Eastern Kentucky, throws for 11 touchdowns and 2,100 yards. At the FCS level, like he, you know, I, I, I can't explain it. Like how, how FCS, all right, you know, he's at Connecticut, just awful. I don't know how and why he would ever get a shot. And he apparently he's going he's gonna to start on Thanksgiving Day. Like how, how does, how, how, I don't know. It's, it's embarrassing. Also, as, as long as we're on quarterbacks, mm-hmm. another thing I had a problem with, if you're the Jets, I understand, you know, training for Joe Flacco, your your terrible rookie quarterback has been out for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you had this Mike White, who had a really good game and then had a really bad game. Yep. Is he, is he hurt or why? Why would you not... Why would you not start, the, what is he, 26, 27? Why would you not start him? Joe, you're not, in a, you're not in a playoff race. You're not playing for anything. I mean, he did throw four picks against Buffalo. So maybe the shine wore off on the Mike White experience. 
uh, or experiment, and they said, okay, we, we, we got to throw Joe Flacco in. And Joe Flacco didn't play that bad against the Dolphins. Well, why would you not play Mike White and say, all right, we're going to give you a shot. You're, you're going to just play. You want Joe Flacco as a backup? Fine. Why would you not play this Mike White guy to see to see what happens? He's played, what, three games? I think maybe they, they looked at the who they were playing, and it was the Miami Dolphins. And, and said, they're not very good. Right, and said, okay, Joe Flacco's going to give us our best chance to win here instead of Mike White. I can't explain it. I, this is a year that I think you just can't explain the stuff that's happened. I mean, the the, the Houston freaking Texans beat the Tennessee Titans yesterday, or on Sunday. Now, granted, it was a, a monsoon, a lot of rain going on in, in Nashville, and the Titans have been riddled with injuries, so one of these games was bound to happen at some point. But... Not to the Houston freaking Texans. They're terrible. That's a bad loss. You just can't you can't explain some of the things that have happened this year in the NFL. You just you can't. You just don't. It's 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 beyond explainable. But it still doesn't mean that you can't make some sense or like you, you can't like the personnel decision makings like of Detroit starting this guy named freaking Tim Boyle or the Jets starting Joe Flacco instead of Mike White who you know we we saw he had this potential uh against Cincinnati you know why not keep going for it here it's it's not like the bill it's not like the Dolphins defense is better than the Bills they aren't so i i don't know sometimes decision making the personnel moves that are being made in the NFL are just as confusing, or even more confusing, quite frankly, than the results on the field this year. And the Vikings will probably be in it here, and they might make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But if they don't, if, if for some reason the Vikings are not in playoff contention in Week 18, why would you not start Kellen Mond in that last game? Sure. Bye. He's a rookie. Kirk Cousins is at a fine season. If, if there's nothing on the line, start him. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You've been a rookie this year. How how have you done? You're, you're you're not expecting him to start next year. You're probably expecting him to start two years from now. But give him a start. Say, all right, this is a real life NFL game. Hopefully, his first start as a Viking, this first meaningful uh, play, is not in his first start a couple of years down the road. Hopefully, he has played before then. Because I think that's a, that's a valuable uh, experience to have. Mm-hmm. So. I'm probably not going to get that again. I don't know why teams don't do that. You know, in the end of the season, let's start our backup just to see what happens because, you know, well, nobody I, knows who's good or bad. Just to see, hey, maybe we've got the next Kurt Warner. Mm-hmm. You probably don't, but maybe you got the next Matt Flynn, and you can turn that into <laughs> into something, or maybe that person yep. turns that into millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. So, yeah, Joe Flacco, probably better than Mike White. Well, let's let the kid play. He, what, he started three games, three, four games. That's a lost season uh, for him. But, I mean. They, they beat Cincinnati with him. He threw for 400 yards, had three touchdowns against Cincinnati. He's not a bad team. And, yeah, I said he had a couple of bad starts. But, I don't know. They're the Jets. You, you, and, and they almost won. So, like to you, I don't know. To you and I, starting Joe Flacco is like, what the hell are you doing? You may as well put Mike White in. He's the better option potentially at least you can see what's going on but those guys in are in the locker room and those coaches they're trying to win 
you know, they aren't, you know, it's not like the GM putting, uh, you know, someone on IR and saying, hey, we're just, we're trying to think about, you know, positioning ourselves for the future and stuff. Those guys in the locker room and those coaches are coaching and playing to win games. So the coaches must have just thought, hey, for this game, for us to get a win, Joe Flacco is the best option over Mike White. And maybe there was an injury involved, but they're they're trying to win. I don't. I, this is not to me like a like at the end of the regular season, as you said, when you could start like a Kellen Mond or your backups and see what you have. That would be you know essentially playing for draft positioning. Um, but I I, I don't know. That's I understand that, but then when it comes to Detroit, and how can they say yes? We were trying to win because we're gonna have this Tim Boyle start. <laughs> Over anybody else you could possibly put out there. Tim Boyd. And it turns big. out he was not very good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that... And Adam Schefter, I think, is just the, one of the worst out there. Yeah. Yeah. He had an article talking about if Tim Boyle's good, you know, the Lions quarterback situation, it is in flux right now. What will they do if he is good? <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> if he's good? Like, they're going to go with him next year or for the rest of the season if he's good? Yeah. In what fucking world is he going to be anything but just awful? And he was. Yeah. Good and game. I might, you know, watch that Bears game just to see how terrible he is. Yeah. Good job, it's like, what, what shit just from the top down? Yeah. Stupid and stupid and dumb and ridiculous. Absolutely. In flux. If he's any good, what are they going to do? We'll fucking cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> fucking, I mean, I mean just. You could talk. What do you even say? Detroit just makes bad decisions all the way around. Like you know, Dan Campbell seems to be a, a good guy, you know, master motivator. He try. He's trying a lot. He's he has a lot of passion, and you know, he's trying to do whatever. But he's. I don't know if he's like necessarily the best guy, the best candidate out there to run a football team right now for Detroit. And you know if. If you're starting Tim Boyle, maybe that that makes me question what the GM's even thinking too. Having him on the roster, I mean, this just spells. Yeah. This is why Detroit's such a terrible team year in and year out. You might have a flash in the pan year where you go down to Dallas and you probably should have won that football game in the playoffs there, but they're bad. They're just as bad. They're as bad as the Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings are the most dysfunctional franchise I think in all of sports. Um, uh, on, the, on this the, the, the Lions should have a couple wins. They, they should have beat. I mean, they, they should have beaten everybody in the AFC North. Mm-hmm. They, they lose to the Ravens. Not Cincinnati. The should have lost to Cincinnati. They, they, they haven't played Cincinnati yet. Have they? They got to play them. They later. did. No, no, they, they they have. They lost like they, they lost by a lot. They they got blown out there. Yeah. They almost beat the Browns. Uh, Browns are banged up to, to no end, and they tied the Steelers uh, a week ago. So. Yep. And, and, and the Vikings game was up for grabs. So there's four games there. Yep. Could have won any of them, and you haven't won. You haven't won, and if they, they got the Falcons later on in the year, Christmas, they play at Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I mean, boy, other than if they can't beat the Bears here on Thanksgiving, I, you know, the, I mean, the Vikings, for Christ's sake, I mean, every game is close, but you, you have to beat Detroit by. Yes. Yep. Beat, beat them. Vikings seem to be playing well. You play them next week. Yep. Beat, beat them by a couple of touchdowns, please. 
We're 24 minutes in. We haven't even mentioned the Vikings yet. We'll get to them in a second. But I do just want to bring it back to the Sacramento Kings here uh, since I brought them up. They fire head coach Luke Walton, who I don't I, – I think he's a good coach. He had a lot of success with Golden State. Now, granted, you know, in, in that year that Steve Kerr had the back surgery and couldn't coach and whatnot. Now, granted, you do have Steph Curry and – and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, so you had stars there, you know, that make your job easier. But I think Luke Walton's a very—I I think he's a good head coach. To me, Sac- the issue is with the Sacramento Kings. I mean, they had the issues with what Vladi Divac in the in the in the general manager office. So there's just they're in, the, in the front office. They're just a terrible run organization from top to bottom, and it's why they haven't made the playoffs in well over a decade, like 12, 14 years. They haven't really been all that competitive. It's just a terrible run franchise and definitely, in my opinion, the most the most dysfunctional in all of sports. Yeah, they're just kind of an irrelevant, yeah. irrelevant team. They don't they haven't been in the playoffs in a long time. Yep. They got, they got a few guys. Other than that, they don't have they don't have much. No. They don't. You know who does have... Firing him isn't going to make a difference, I don't think. No, and, and you, you lose 7 of 8, that's not good, but it's not reason to fire a, a coach so early in the... It's just, it's the Kings being the Kings. It's like the Lions being the Lions, Kings being the Kings. Browns being the Browns has kind of turned around a little bit because the Browns are far more competitive here as of late. But now, let's get to the Vikings. What a win for the Vikings over the Green Bay Packers. 34-31. <laughs> Defense was absolutely atrocious. So many terrible, like, how do you not have someone covering Devontae Adams at all times? Why can't you, like, double team him, double cover Devontae Adams at all times? Many missed assignments, blown, you know, or like, miscommunication, blown communication. It's so bad. It, it was it was just an awful, awful uh, time pretty much from the Packers' last drive of the first half all the way through the second half and, and through that whole game. It was bad. But the Vikings' offense was great. Justin Jefferson had a phenomenal day. Adam Thielen, great game. Uh, Kirk Cousins had two potential interceptions. The one, I think I blame on Justin Jefferson, but there was the roughing the passer penalty that negated it. And then at the end there, with the score tied 31 apiece, uh, Cousins throws in a double coverage. It was not a good throw. Darnell Savage of the Packers' safety trapped it against the, the ground or it let loose it, it, on the ground. It touched the turf. It was a good call. Some people are saying it wasn't. It was the right call. He didn't maintain possession all the way through. The Vikings got it back. They drive down the field. They kick the game-winning field goal. So great win for the Vikings here. Kirk Cousins overall played very good. Adam Rodgers, or Adam Aaron Rodgers, excuse me, uh, on a bad toe. It sounds like that toe is pretty bad. He had a phenomenal second half, but I think that's in part because the Vikings defense was just flat out atrocious and making stupid decisions left and right. But overall, this is a, a great win for the Vikings to be able to go toe to toe with Green Bay. They get that win, and now you can. I, I mean, this is a big game against San Francisco coming up here. San Francisco's won a couple in a row. They're in the same spot with the the Vikings right now in that wild card positioning in the NFC. But this was a game that the Vikings came out on top on. They blew a double-digit lead twice. You don't like to see that. 
I still think, though, if you're a Vikings fan on this Monday, A, you're happy that you just beat the Packers. But B, I think there's got to be a little confidence, especially with the offense, that maybe they've started to figure this out in terms of how, uh, in terms of how aggressive they can be and should be because that leads to a lot of success for this offense. Yeah, last couple of weeks have been good. Throw it to Justin Jefferson. He's the best wide receiver in football. He just is. I mean, if you're picking one guy, that's the guy. He's, he's 22 years old, and he's going to have, what, 1,500 yards this season, 12 mm-hmm. touchdowns. He's he's the best we've had since Randy Moss. Yep. And how he dropped to the fifth receiver in that draft, I have no idea. And for the Eagles to pick a receiver yeah. right before the Vikings did is just yep. inexplainable. What he did at LSU, like, oh, yeah, he looks really good. And the Vikings have another great receiver. So that's good. Yeah, good to see the quarterback throw to him uh, very aggressively. Um, yeah, Those two passes, which are interceptions, you don't see those much from him. And I guess you're going to have to – He's going to be more aggressive. There's probably going to be more throws like that. Mm-hmm. Where, okay, you're going to turn it over every once that he seems like he's somebody that you got to take more chances. And finally, what well, this is, what, fourth year with us? Mm-hmm. It's like, let's, let's come quit being a, a puss and fucking throw the ball down the goddamn field. Yeah. Quit throwing the fucking CJ Ham. Throw <laughs> it down the fucking field because you've got the best receiver in football mm-hmm. and utilize him as such. That's been good to see last couple weeks and hopefully that continues next week so good for him um i thought adam Thielen was short on that third down with like three minutes to go oh whatever i I thought two and a half to go yeah i thought he was short i don't know why that wasn't reviewed by the packers i felt he was you look at that and like he did not get to where he needed to get to and i would have set up a fourth and inches which, uh, you know, you go for, I don't know, it's a tie game. Mm-hmm. So, I thought, I had to I thought he got it, personally. I thought he, I thought he had gotten there, but it was close enough where the Packers perhaps could have challenged it. Eric Kendricks has been playing out of his mind. He's by far their best guy. Uh, Xavier Woods, he's got to go or not. Who, who's the guy they played the last couple Cam of weeks? Cam Bynum. With? Cameron Bynum. I don't understand why he didn't get, oh, like... How is he? I mean, you give a guy a shot, and he plays amazing, yep. makes unbelievable plays, and he can't... He, I don't think he even played. Yeah. And he got Xavier Woods just a dude. He got this other guy. It's like, maybe put him in, because yeah. he's really good. Anyhow, how Justin Jefferson gets open, how Devontae Adams gets open, these guys aren't... Co- couple of these plays, these guys are not covered at any point in the play. Mm-hmm. There was one Devontae Adams had a big play. Nobody was on him. He went right past Eric Hendricks, who let him go. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, zone defenses, I'm sure there's there's good things about it, but I just hate it. Mm-hmm. But I, my, my dad, that's his biggest pet peeve. Why can't these guys stick to their guys? Mm-hmm. Well, it's because they're giving them off to another guy who thinks somebody else is going to cover them, who thinks a third person is going to cover them, when in fact none of them have covered him. So I, it doesn't, doesn't, I don't, I don't understand it at all. How these guys 
get open as much as they do. It's well, that's what I meant, like with the the miscommunication or the blown assignments. Like it, it's bad. You can't do that when you're playing against uh, Devonte Adams. I remember was it a couple years ago, like Xavier Woods uh, blanketed oh. Devonte Adams at all. Did I say Woods? Xavier Rhodes. Yeah, yeah sorry. Um, he, Stick to your guy. Easy. He, he blanketed Devonte Adams pretty much everywhere he goes. You have Patrick Peterson back, and now maybe they just didn't. They wanted to kind of ease Peterson back into it. Don't want to ag- reaggravate that hamstring injury. But I would hope that when these two teams meet in December in the cold in, at Lambeau that they would have a better game plan for how to stop Devontae Adams because that's not the way to do it. You you have a cover, you have a shutdown corner like Patrick Peterson is or was. I mean, he's the best guy they have. They need to, he needs to blanket uh Devontae Adams wherever or throw two uh you know, throw a safety or you know, bump do something because what they did just did not work. Now, I will say this. Brashad Breeland has been uh has has played a lot better here over in recent weeks, uh, it's you have to after how bad he started the season, so that's good. With the Vikings playing San Francisco here coming up this week, and Debo Samuel has become their Swiss utility knife. He's, he had eight carries for like 79 yards and a touchdown against Jacksonville, catches the ball a lot. I would make sure that you would have someone like a Cam Bynum or someone devoted to Debo Samuel wherever he is. And so that might mean you maybe go a little undersized, but I think you need to to be able to shadow Debo and not let him torch you all over the field like what he did to Jacksonville on Sunday. I didn't think the Vikings would win these last two games against the Chargers and the Packers. So those are good wins. Mm-hmm. I don't expect them to beat San Francisco. You've got the Lions and Steelers the next two weeks. I expect you to win both of those games. Yep. And are at Chicago, which seems to be they may not they may have a new head coach at that point. Mm-hmm. So you've got games here. I mean, they but again, every game is the same. So again, it doesn't matter who they play, where they play them at, what's going on. Every game is the same. So this, this was the difficult stretch, though. Post Dallas, you had Baltimore, or I guess you could have even counted Dallas, but you have Dallas, you have uh, Baltimore. You have the Chargers, you have Green Bay, and you have San Francisco. Well, San Francisco doesn't look quite as formidable as they they used to be or what they could have been uh, at the beginning of the season. So you kind of navigate through this stretch. If you can beat San Francisco, you get through the stretch 3-2. and two. Probably should have been 4-1. Heck, even 5-0. Oh. Like, that's the thing. It, you look at the Vikings record. They're 5-5. Five and five. This is a better team than 5-5. Five and five. But, they uh, could be ten and zero, they or they be. could be fucking two and eight. Yeah, and they're, yeah. they're right in the middle. Yep. Uh, so I think you you look at this, you take it with a grain of salt. But I think if you're a Vikings fan, you have to say, okay, they can do it. We know they can, but it, there's always just yeah. that self doubt that always has to creep in, and rightfully so. It does. Yeah, that interception with two men. I mean, you're looking at that. All right. Yep. I thought Kirk Cousins. He was prime for interception. He was fine for a fumble. He was fine for a turnover. Like he, he is he he is due for one. Mm-hmm. He hasn't had one this year. A huge backbreaker, and like he's due for one. And it was there. They just they couldn't couldn't hang on to the ball. But to be but, fair to Cousins, he has played really really well this season. I don't think there's any 
you can't look at this season and say, oh, this is on Kirk Cousins. No, it, it, this is on the defense and just the inability, you know, maybe the offensive coordinator to be able to put together a solid game plan. Kirk Cousins is balling this year. He is playing really, really well. And he went virtually toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers on Sunday. He's played well, but there's been too many too many second halves where they haven't done anything. That's changed the last two weeks. Yep. But before that, it's been, all right, we're great in the first half, and all it comes, they're not going to do anything in the second half. You need to be more consistent. Yep. Very aggressive, and hopefully what has happened the last couple of weeks continues. Because it's very frustrating because we know, I mean, there, there's no reason why this team shouldn't score 30 points a game. Right. There's no, no I mean, there's, there's no reason why you shouldn't score 30 points a game with the players you've got. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Aaron they're, I mean, they're going to be right, and they, they haven't, and in, in a season where everybody gets upset, I mean, they've played everybody close. They haven't played a bad team yet outside of Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh Seattle's not very good either, but outside of that, every team they've played is is in the playoff mix. So San Francisco, they usually don't play well there. So I mean, I they're the sixth seed right now. Somebody's got to make the playoffs. I mean, who? I mean, who knows? It's yeah, it's going to be. They, I mean, they should, but I again, I'm not. There's no expectations. There's no letdown of oh, what could have been because. Yep. And if they get there and they play the Packers again or whatever they play, all right, we'll see what happens. But absolutely, well, good, good win, best best win of the season. Definitely, definitely, you get bragging rights over Packers fans for at least a little bit in time. Uh, Steelers, Chargers, fantastic game Sunday night. Austin Eckler runs for or has two receiving touchdowns, two uh, rushing touchdowns. The the Chargers almost chargered this game away. They had a seventeen point lead in the fourth quarter. And all of a sudden, Pittsburgh's up, and the, uh, you had a block punt and an interception there uh, that aided the Steelers. But they, the Steelers' offense is just terrible. Big Ben can't do anything. I feel like if you can stop Najee Harris, you're going to stop you know 65 to 70 percent of their offense. I don't, I don't necessarily trust Claypool. You know, Pat Fryermuth, tight end's been pretty solid, but it's just. I, this offense that the Steelers have doesn't threaten me. Does it? I don't feel. I don't see it. And be like, oh my gosh, look at this explosive offense come into town. It's their defense and their defense yesterday or on Sunday was missing a whole bunch of players, and the Chargers took advantage of it in the first half. Chargers then, you know, like I said, Chargers it away a little bit, but they came back with a solid touchdown drive. Uh, Mike Williams, a long touchdown uh, catch and run. Gave the Chargers a 41-37 lead. The the Chargers defense then, Joey Bosa had a sack, or maybe he had two. They 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 made the stand when they needed to. Chargers get the win. That's a good win over the Steelers. That was an entertaining game there. The Chiefs, like I said, they had a good game against Dallas. They get the 19-9 win there. The AFC is just who the hell knows, but that you have all these teams that we thought were good or at the top of the, the that all dropped like Arizona, they they were the clear winners in Week 11 on the NFC side because you have Green Bay losing, you have Dallas losing. Meanwhile, Arizona picks up another win with Colt McCoy. They that buys Kyler Murray another week of rest. They have the buy coming up this week. The 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 Cardinals, the clear winners to me in the NFC uh, this week, and then in the AFC, it's got to be the Patriots. I mean. 
for the Titans to lose and you know the the Bills to lose and the the, the Patriots just got to sit back on Sunday and say hey we're now in first in the AFC East yeah the the Chiefs are coming on strong but uh boy I think the Patriots the real winners after week 11 could get a Kansas City Buffalo wild card game I think the Chiefs blow them out maybe I, I don't think the Chiefs can blow anybody out at this point. I mean, they're awesome. They've won a couple games. They, they've only put some points up against the Raiders. But again, with the Chiefs, it's like they're the Cowboys. Like, score some fucking points. Mm-hmm. Pat Mahomes, you suck. Rams. So, yeah, I mean, there's going to be, unlike the NFC, there's going to be a couple of AFC teams that don't make it. Like, right now, the Colts are the ninth seed. They're playing as good as anybody. And they might even, they might, they're probably not even going to make this thing. So, well, I mean, we'll see what happens there. But AFC is very deep. They could use about 12 playoff teams. They could, yeah. And the NFC should use about five. Very unbalanced. And you keep looking for, like, who's the best team? Well, it's it's, it's Arizona. Arizona's the best team. Everybody's like, oh, is it, you know, Dallas and Green Bay and Tampa and the Rams and this and that and Buffalo. And Ten- it, it's, it's Arizona. Yep. Arizona's the best team. Right now. And they're winning with their backup quarterback. They should have beat the Packers yep. a month ago. Yep. They got blown out versus Carolina last week. But I think Arizona's going to go to the Super Bowl. Certainly. I think they're going to get yeah. I think they're going to get the one seed. They're going to beat whoever they play in the divisional round, and we'll see uh, see who they play in the championship. But I, I mean, they got James Conner, who I think said well. Mm-hmm. They got Kyler Murray. They got DeAndre Hopkins. They got all these guys. I think the Cardinals—they've been the most consistent. Yep. Their defense, their defense is, is isn't bad. Uh, Vikings, Vikings played them pretty well for a half, but I think Arizona, especially if they get their quarterback back, I mean they're, I think they're, they're my Super Bowl team at the moment. I agree. You know, James Conner's been a, a revelation. He's really you know, had a career resurgence with you know thirteen total touchdowns this year. He's been great. Uh, yeah, I think Arizona is the the team to beat right now. Uh, should be an, of note. I think we have to mention that uh, Rams at Packers this week. That's the big game. Uh, hopefully, Aaron Donald can get after Aaron Rodgers and that bum toe. Maybe hurt it a little bit more. Wouldn't uh, wouldn't mind seeing that. And uh, also, Elton Jenkins or whatever his name is, the Packers offensive tackle, torn ACL, <clears throat> so he's done for the year. So that hurts for the Packers, but that the Rams Packers that's the big game of the week. Uh, I also week. like uh, Tampa Bay at the Colts. Oh yes, yes, that is a huge game mm-hmm. as well. Huge in the in the um, noon window, definitely. And then in Baltimore, boy, I mean, Baltimore. You're talking about a team that could be they could be three and seven mm-hmm. instead of seven three. I mean, Baltimore, Baltimore and Cleveland on Sunday night. That's a big game for. Playoff standings, then uh, your Monday night game second. It's a good one. <laughs> oh yeah, Seattle, uh, Seattle, Washington, right? So uh, the, yeah. it's just the being played in the Pacific Northwest between the state of Washington and Seattle, right? I'm going. Yeah, I'm going to assume the Mannings will not be there for that one. I would hope not. I would hope not. I would hope Monday night countdown's not there for that one. Well, look at that schedule and say we're gonna we're just gonna broadcast this locally and everybody else can. Mm-hmm. Not watch this game. So, hey, what, what, what's the what do we got? The, the Mannings tonight. No, uh, there was no player, no active player on last week. Right. From Monday night football, there's no active player on this week, so they are not 
putting anybody in arm's way. Well, then you got uh, the hell is the game now? You got uh, Giants Bucks, which you know, the way Tampa Bay's been playing, it's you know they've been playing like uh, like garbage. Giants, so. Giants have been playing tough, and and Tom Brady struggles against the Giants, so they do. So we'll see <laughs> what happens uh, on Monday night. So maybe before we leave the NFL here, yeah, Taysom Hill. Yeah, I just saw the headline too. <laughs> Four, four years, forty million. For what? What are we? What are we paying this guy? Ten million. What are we paying him? Ten million dollars a year for? He's not your quarterback. Why? Why is he not the quarterback now? You got uh, Winston out, and all I heard about was how Sean Payton thinks Taysom Hill so great. Well, now's your chance. When? When are we going to find out who this thirty-one-year-old? fullback receiver tight end guy who never does anything like when when are we gonna find out whether he's good at quarterback oh yeah because he's not he's 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 rushed the ball 20 times this year for 100 yards he's caught four passes for 50 why are we paying him four what four four years 40 million do you see what oh, it can what? get up to, though, if he becomes a starting quarterback? Almost $100 million yes, to do what? <laughs> He's 31 years old. Why is he not your quarterback now? When are we going to find out? I don't I don't get it. Because uh, Trevor Simeon gives them the best chance to win. It's the it's the Joe well, Flacco. Lighten it up. Lighten it up like a son of a bitch. Good, fine, fine backup quarterback. I do, Trevor th- I do think Taysom Hill would be the start if he was healthy. I don't know if he – I think he's healthy now, but I know he had been battling the concussion, I think like a back injury or something. So well, that, foot, he's got a foot, he's a foot injury. Foot injury now, okay. He played uh, – he played uh, yesterday. Like, I, like, what a waste of time. What a waste of You're going to play this guy until he's 35 years old. To, what is he good at? Oh, he's versatile. Okay. Is he good at anything? Is he a great receiver? Is he a great blocker? Is he a great runner? Is he a great court? What is he good at? It, 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 it's above my head. I can't. There's nothing there that I can say, oh, yeah, I want. I want you on my team, let alone I'm going to pay you $10 million a year to do fucking what? <laughs> you don't do anything. <laughs> I don't. It, it doesn't I, make I, any fucking I'm guessing uh, you aren't going to be expecting a Taysom Hill uh, Christmas card in the mail. No, fuck yeah. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, what does he do? I don't I can't explain. Oh, he's this. So like, what? do something. Put him at quarterback. See if you got something. Why are we waiting? He, he not better than Jameis Winston, who's not anything special. So I don't, I don't get him. Yeah, and they're still in the 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 hunt of you know, like the the playoff mix and stuff in the NFC. And you, they were starting Trevor Simeon. Maybe they'll maybe they'll switch it up this week on Thanksgiving against Buffalo. Tune in seven uh, seven thirty or seven twenty on NBC. Uh, seven twenty Central Time. Saints hosting the Bills. Will Taysom Hill get the start at quarterback? That's one way to intrigue people. To also, I'm also over Cam Newton, man. Oh, look at Cam Newton! How great he is! Cam Newton. I know, yeah, not for Cam Newton. It's like, there's a reason why he's out of football. I mean, there's he's at he he's he's at a good. 
well yesterday it looked like. But I thought, and he had a couple of good passes. But like, whenever they break in, they always show him running the ball. They never show him passing. He had a nice, had a, had a nice uh, throw to Christian McCaffrey yeah, for a he touchdown. Did. Yep, he did. But I, I don't. I'm not taking Carolina. You put him. He's he wants. If you want to put him as a as a goal line quarterback, then I think that's a really good role for him because he's yeah. From 10, 5, 10 yards out, he's going to score. Agreed. So yeah. And I believe he. I believe he has the most rushing touchdowns of any player in the last ten years. Doesn't surprise me. So surprise me. No. Good. Good for him. But I. You know. A bit much for me, a bit much for me, for a guy who already had an MVP season, rookie year was pretty good, hasn't done a whole lot since then. No, but he did win MVP the year they went to the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. He did, yeah. Yep. He was the MVP, and like, oh, great, great for him, but he's, he's not a Hall of Famer. No. And I, 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 I have to check. Big Wyoming is, this team has not done well, and. I can't uh, can't imagine he has played well these last couple of weeks. No, he is not. No, like I mean, people don't talk MVP. That ain't going to happen now. But nope. Like, he was the favorite there for a little bit. He was. Yeah. Um, right, last year he was great, and this year, hell of a start for him. But again, I need to see three years—a uh, year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. Good. But yeah, he was. Yeah, he was not good versus Jacksonville, and he was he was not good yesterday. So, yeah, there's a the MVP race in the NFL is wide wide open. You know, you also aren't getting any Christmas cards from I don't think this year. The Pac-12 and specifically Oregon. Oh yeah, your Ducks. You wanted them to lose. You said get them the hell out of here. They they fucking lose, Zach, and they fucking lost in spectacular fashion. They did. They got. Smoked. It's like they didn't even realize that they had something to play for against Utah. I had told you that Utah was playing really good, so I picked Utah in our in our college pick'em. I wasn't surprised by this. I wanted Oregon to win, but you could see this train coming a mile away. Like it's just it was not surprising in the least to see Oregon play as bad as they did. Maybe what was the most surprising is that you had two field two missed field goals in the first half, and then. You punt it and you give up a punt return touchdown with seconds to go in the first half. That's not good. That's really, like, that tells you all you need to know about the Ducks season. So the, they came crashing to a, to a halt. The, the Pac-12's hopes of a playoff team, done now. It's gone. At least, though, at least, we're probably going to get Oregon in the Rose Bowl. So that's good. At least you get a good team in the, in the Rose Bowl instead of, say, you know, uh, a four-loss uh, Utah squad. Hopefully. Hopefully that's. Well, if Utah wins, they're going to go. I know. At this point, you cannot. You know, if you beat a team by three or four or five touchdowns, and then you're going to play them two weeks later, we'll see how that goes. Right, Michigan State. At least, uh, at least for Oregon, they 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 didn't. They only gave up 28 points in the first half. Unlike Michigan State, who gave up 49 to C.J. Stroud in Ohio State. This game was uncompetitive by the middle of the second quarter. It was so bad. Michigan State wants to give Mel Tucker almost a hundred million dollar contract or whatever. Like, what the hell's this? I mean, Michigan Sparty, holy crap! It was so bad. Ohio State's turning it on at the right time here. Uh, I think there's no doubt. I think they're second best team in the country right now. They're playing the best football 
right now. Now, can they take down mighty Georgia? Who's to say? Um, but that's the game I think we would like to see is Georgia-Ohio State in the national championship game. Uh, I don't think... It, it, we got a great one this weekend of Michigan hosting Ohio State. Michigan playing really well. Uh, I just... I don't think they have the the firepower that Ohio State does to be able to, to keep pace with them. I think the Buckeyes win in uh, in the big house in, in Ann Arbor, and I think they win big. Should be closer than the Michigan State game. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. maybe maybe only a 21-28 point victory. For, for, again, this, this whole show is about things I don't understand. <clears throat> I don't understand how Oregon was number three. In what world were they three? They they weren't beating anybody by any by any and they weren't beating anybody impressively by any impressive margin. And mm-hmm. finally they played an okay team in Utah and just got absolutely pounded. Now they're down to eleven, which I think Oklahoma's ten, Oregon's eleven, Michigan State is twelve. Those are my three teams this year who I don't think are very good. Mm-hmm. They're not not national title contenders, certainly not. I want to ask you, okay, we're two weeks out here, so yep. two games to go. Yep. What do you think the playoff will be here in two weeks? What What is your prediction? I think it's going to be as follows. I think it's going to be Georgia. I agree no, with no, that. No, no, no. I'm going to say, uh, no. I'm just very fearful. <sighs> Cringe, I don't know, because... I, it, it plays one of two ways because I think if Alabama beats, if Alabama beats Georgia, Georgia's in regardless. Unless they inexplicably lose to Georgia Tech this week and Alabama, Georgia's in. Um, I, it, I'm not gonna. Okay, I'm not gonna rank one through four. I just think rank, it's the, them, rank them one through four. What do you what, think? Okay, okay. If what I what do you think is going to happen? I mean, Georgia's beating Alabama. Obviously, Georgia's number one. If you yes. think Ohio yep. State's winning, all, I got. I, I, I want Georgia to win, but I need them to prove it to me that they can beat Alabama first. You know, Alabama's not beating anybody right now. That's true. They're next up That's on true. my list. Uh, they're, okay. they're not beating any good teams. All right. By then, any then, then, then you're talking me into it here. So, uh, I will say Georgia. I, I think Georgia is going to blow out Alabama. Yeah, I'm fine. With I, that. I mean, at, at this point, Alabama can barely beat anybody. Yeah. Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Cincinnati 3, Notre Dame 4. That's what I think is going to happen, too. Those are my four in that order. I think Alabama's out. I think uh, Notre Dame's going to get the four spot. Cincinnati's going to get number three. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the semifinals are going to be competitive whatsoever, as usual. Don't you wish, though, that we were getting... It seemed like we were going to have so much drama potentially and and debate for who should get in the college football playoff and now with Oregon losing and Michigan State looking like crap we need Michigan to beat Ohio State for us to have that drama we need Alabama I mean Alabama's going to have drama regardless but if Alabama loses that that second game it does maybe become a little more um Fun, like, oh, could Alabama sneak in at two? Well, that's provided that Notre Dame doesn't shit the bed against Stanford. Or Cincinnati doesn't shit the bed against Houston in the uh, 
the AAC Championship game. I don't think either of those things will happen, but we were headed down the road for some potential drama, and now the the picture is becoming much more clear and in focus, don't you think? Yeah, there's six teams for four spots. I will give Oklahoma State a chance. Yep. But here's the yep. yep. Show me something. Show me you can beat Oklahoma. Something that you never, ever, ever do. Last time you beat them was seven years ago in overtime. Before that, they had beaten Oklahoma stacking one time since 2003 in regulation. I think they win this week going away. Their defense is so good. Um, and I think. Show, this is a game where they have to. I will not pick Oklahoma State to beat Oklahoma until it actually happens. Okay. I don't like Oklahoma, but I am picking Oklahoma because Oklahoma State never fucking beats them. I don't think it's. It, I, this The shine's not going to wear off. Like for next year, because I think you know you got to give you know understand the situation, give him a whole off season to grow as the starter. But I think the shines kind of come off Caleb Williams a bit, and oh look how great he is at quarterback for Oklahoma. He hasn't played all that well. You know he didn't play well against Baylor. Wasn't fantastic against Iowa State. The shines coming off him a little bit. I think Oklahoma State with their defense play it's. It's in Stillwater, is it not? They're playing. It is. is. This this sets up everything for Oklahoma State to not only win this game, but to actually win this conference for the first time since who the hell knows when. And if it's not now, and again, if you want any drama, a a, a 12-1 Big 12 winner named Oklahoma State, they're going to move up to number six this week. Uh, do they pass Notre Dame? Do they pass Cincinnati? I would say no, because if we're looking at if, if, if we're looking at who they played and how they played and and how many points they've beaten these teams by, they're playing pretty well now. But when you start the season beating Missouri State by seven, mm-hmm. that's a no. When you beat Tulsa by five, that's a no. Mm-hmm. When you beat Boise State by one. Boise State, not a gangbuster this year. That's a no. Mm-hmm. Um, when you lose to a not very good Iowa State team, also a no. So, yep. for me, I would not put them in at all. Would you, though, here's the debate. Would you take a one, let's say Oklahoma State wins against Oklahoma on Saturday and wins the Big 12 championship game. Would you take a one-loss Oklahoma State squad over a two-loss Alabama team? Hmm. They'd beat Baylor as well, I think, right? Yes. Well, I mean, they, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think both of them with miss out. Who would I take? Um, I might take, I would, I would give it to Oklahoma State over Alabama. Because Alabama, they beat Old Miss. That's a good win. Yeah. Besides, I mean, again, again, they beat LSU by six. Not good. They, they, uh, Arkansas is a pretty good team. They beat them by seven. Yep. Struggling with Tennessee for a while. It looks terrible. Yep. Yep. So, no, this is not, this is one of the least impressive Alabama teams we've seen in a long time. And they have a star quarterback in Bryce Young. Like, it it kind of stands to reason. Like, is Bryce Young better than Tua or Mac Jones? He could be. Uh, I think he's right in that discussion. And he's only a freshman. Um, But, yeah, this is not a, a very impressive 
Alabama. Well, I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they lose at Auburn. I wouldn't. I wouldn't Auburn's either. pretty good. Auburn, for whatever reason, Auburn's schedule is always just difficult to shit. They played South you know? Carolina this last week, though. Come on, you got to win that game. Yeah, for some reason, their schedule is always difficult, it seems like. And Alabama's not, even though they play pretty much the same teams. Seems like they, they, they seems like they always play Georgia, and Alabama never plays Georgia. So that, yeah, you lose to South Carolina. That's um, that's bad. Is that their cross uh, division rival though? Like Florida yeah, and LSU because, always. I mean play. that that sucks for them. Yeah. And, and they played Penn State, which is you know at Penn State. Yep. So they, they actually play some teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, LSU always has an all schedule, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm looking forward to that game, Auburn Alabama. And, I mean, Georgia's been the best team, no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But they, I mean, they beat Arkansas pretty good. They won at yeah. Auburn. They yeah. beat Kentucky. They've beaten everyone. They've clobbered everyone. They've clobbered everyone. They have not had the most difficult of schedules. You know, they, you know, Clemson's not very good, and that was their closest game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Arkansas, Auburn, Kentucky, Good teams are good, but, but uh, at this point, I would pick Ohio State to win the whole thing. Ooh, okay. The way their offense, I want to see that. Um, Ohio State and Georgia. Yeah. I would very much, and I think, I don't know what's keeping us from that game. I think that's got a pretty better than a 50-50 shot to see that one. I agree. I agree with that. Michigan stands that offense, in the that defense? Yeah. I have Michigan's the only well, thing. Yeah, that would be a good one. I think that would be a real good game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we'll have more of a clearer picture after this week. You know, it's rivalry rivalry weekend in college football, so that should be a lot of fun. Uh, Dan Mullen gets fired from Florida. He sucks. Uh, his team sucks. We got uh, bullbounder knots coming up here later in the podcast with Charlie. Uh, and we have... Five and six Florida against five and six Florida State. I didn't think Florida State was getting to a bowl game at all this year, based on how the season started. Like they they needed just a win, like to at UMass, but then they or against UMass to kind of get the ball rolling. But they did beat North Carolina the week before, and it's like, oh, okay, maybe Florida State's got something. This game is going to determine which one of these schools goes to some mediocre piddly who bowl game and the other one goes home the other florida or florida state one of the two of them is not going to a bowl game this year that's fascinating to me like florida state i could have seen that before absolutely not right oh yeah yep yep i i wouldn't have fired them like they they've been pretty good for a while and they're having a bad year i mean they they started off pretty good but boy they you can't Kyle go- Trask. Kyle Trask was great for him last year. I mm-hmm. loved him. I hopefully he gets a shot in the NFL at some point. Yep. Hopefully he can Tim Boyle his way into a start. Hopefully. <laughs> and then we'll give him the start after a good college career. But they always they, they never have a quarterback. That's something I don't understand. How you're Florida and you never have a quarterback. You haven't had one since Tebow. Mm-hmm. Kyle Trask was good. He was good for a couple years. And he was a backup to who was the dumb shit that was starting in front of him who was terrible. Uh, what the fuck was his name? He wasn't any good. It was it was bad. And they put Kyle Trask in, and in the same game, he was immediately significantly better. Mm, yeah, other than the can't remember. So, it's like LSU can't find a quarterback. Alabama forever couldn't find a kicker. Yeah. It's 
No, Alabama. Alabama's figured that out. And yep. then LSU, they're right back to where they were. That, yep. Again, that one year with Joe Burrow, that was just Magic. out of your mouth. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of good games. When you get Thanksgiving, you get all these college basketball tournaments, and you get the, the Thursday, uh, Friday, Saturday, a whole weekend of stuff. So one of the, the good, the great sports times of the year. Definitely. Maui Invitational is going on. We'll get to the college basketball here in a moment. I do want to mention that SDSU is in the FCS playoffs, and they have to play this weekend. They play at home against UC Davis. Should win that game, though UC Davis, I believe, did beat Tulsa earlier this year, so could be a little bit of a uh, trap game here. But then if the Jacks win this one, they have to play Sacramento State. At like The, the draw for, for the Jackrabbits here is significantly easier. They avoid North Dakota State. They avoid James Madison. I think they could beat Sam Houston State. Uh, it sucks that they had to lose, you know, to USD on that freaking Hail Mary. It sucks that they lost to Southern Illinois. Because if they're 9-1, and one, they're a top four seed. They're, they may be the number one overall seed. Or number two. Number two only behind Sam Houston. Uh, I think that's what would have happened. But you lose those two games. I, I think they're better than this. They've, they've battled through a lot of injuries this year. But the draw for the Jackrabbits, as much as it sucks that they have to play Thanksgiving weekend, there might be maybe, what, 5,000 fans there in Brookings. For the game, it's going to be, and that that may be a stretch. It sucks from that standpoint in that regard, but overall, they have as favorable of a draw given their record as you could possibly get, and the and the talent level that they have. I think they're going to get to the quarterfinals and lose to Sam Houston. They got Isaiah Davis back, and that's I think that's a big difference. Yep. So I think they'll beat UC Davis. I think they'll beat Sacramento State. Mm-hmm. Outside of outside of the Montana's, uh, you can beat those big high schools. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think they'll I think they'll win a couple playoff games. USD can they beat Southern Illinois? We'll see. And if they do that, they get to go up to North Dakota State. So we'll have fun with that. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, attendance attendance also not going to be good, which is disappointing. Mm-hmm. But that's the way it always is. But attendance has been good for this year. Like the Jackrabbit fans have responded. I hope that. Continues next year. I mean, you get Gronowski back, so that's good. Like, the SEC's going to have another good team next year. Oh, yeah. Um, but, but it's always the same after Hobo Day or after the North Dakota State game. It might last, I don't know what the attendance was this last game, but it wasn't. It was, it was, it was down. It always is. Whatever it is, November, after Hobo Day, November attendance. Weather, weather was okay. It's just it's never going to be... Great. I think it was oh. eight thousand. I think I'm pulling it up right yeah. now. Eight thousand one thirty five. So it's like, come on, you you can't get ten thousand. You can't senior yeah. day. Yep. It's just, I mean, it's just ten thousand is not. That's just the unbreakable mark. Mm-hmm. It is. It has not happened very many times ever after in November. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, it's like I said, five thousand would be. The goal. And it reminds me again of when I had to. Were you still there? I had to oh, stand on the sidelines. Was it the in Western Illinois? No, it was Jimmy Garoppolo in Eastern Illinois. Oh, yeah. I was not there for that playoff game, and there's nobody there, and I they beat him up by 50 points. They did, yep. And I stood. I was the replay guy that day, and I stood. Like, I was freezing my nubs. Oh, my God. I yeah. was cold. It was bad. Bad. I should have worn some warmer clothing, and ESPN still hasn't paid me, so what the hell, ESPN? Oh, yeah, go to hell. Anyway, so big weekend of college football here. We'll talk about college football. Do you, do you want to guess 
what the spread was for Nebraska Iowa. Nebraska Adrian Martinez is going to be out. Yep. Yep. You know what the spread was before that? I would say Iowa was favored by three and a half. Nebraska was favored by three. Whoa. Whoa. I can't imagine there's ever been a game where a three and eight team's been favored over a nine and two team. Yeah. And now, even with the quarterback, I'm, I, I have to. If I would have picked Nebraska to win, I got to change my pick to Iowa. But even now, it's only Iowa minus a point and a half. Yeah, the game's in Lincoln, right? Yeah, and poor Nebraska, three and eight, so close. They uh, they just can't win. They're the the Vikings of the of the of college football with all these one possession games. I mean, you lose only by a touchdown, Wisconsin. That's not bad. But the Gophers, by the way, big win against Indiana. Let's beat Wisconsin. Let's get that axe back. That's probably not. Oh, I mean, Ole old Miss, Mississippi State. A lot of years, that's a terrible game, but. Honestly, you should probably watch that game more so than the uh, than the Bills <laughs> yeah. uh, Saints. Yeah, so, I, I mean, Mississippi State—they're coming on strong. I picked Old Miss, but that's that's a toss-up. Do you think uh, that when but, Texas A&M or when Texas gets back to the SEC that we're going to get Texas and Texas A&M back on Thanksgiving? Um, probably not. Yeah, that always used to be the game. Thanksgiving. We should would alternate. I guess. I guess no, but. Yeah. We'll see, yeah, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Um, good, good little matchup for once on Thanksgiving. So, and uh, hopefully Wake Forest needs to beat Boston College. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can do that, and then if that's the case, uh, we're going to get Wake Forest versus Pitt in the ACC title game. Yes, yes, all for it, all for Pitt, it. We haven't, we haven't mentioned that. We mentioned Pitt's quarterback having a Kyle Pickett right here. Probably going to be a. Probably a top ten pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> he's having a great year. Yeah, Heisman winner. I mean, kind of like the MVP. It's like I, who is it at this point? I don't know. Is it is it the Alabama quarterback? I I don't know. Could be. How about the, that big number ninety nine for uh, Joe? Is it Jordan Davis for Georgia? <laughs> well, I think it's gonna end. I think it's gonna be uh, the Ohio State quarterback. Stroud. Stroud. Yeah, I think, I think they're gonna finish very impressively, and I think he will win. But I mean that 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 Michigan State game that was just that that was that was a video game type thing. Mm-hmm. That was that was that was a good uh, good little showing. Sure that. was, sure was. Staying in college here, college basketball. I don't remember Crins a year where there have been so many good teams playing against one another so early in the season. I mean we've had. Villanova against UCLA. We had Texas against Gonzaga. We had UCLA against Purdue. Villan- or, uh, Villanova against Purdue, excuse me. Tennessee has been in the mix as well. And Villanova had an 11-point lead against Purdue on Sunday and let it slip away. And that's two really tough games. But I think Villanova, I still feel confident or comfortable in them making it like a Final Four run. Villanova's a really good team. But I think we may have to take some stock in Purdue. Purdue is superb. I mean, they're another team that, yeah, yeah you, they're just a team that you don't feel good about. You don't, but yeah, it's a show me something. They're going to be a one or a two seed, and you're like, really? Are they going to make it to the Sweet 16? You're like, you want to pick against them because history is not kind to Purdue. But yeah, they, they've they gotten off to a great start. Yeah, the Purdue looks outstanding. Um 
I Michigan with a, a couple of bad losses here. Seton Hall with a with a good win at Michigan. I watched Arizona Michigan Sunday night there in the whatever the Roman whatever the hell they call it. And I I didn't think Arizona was going to be this good, but Crins, let me tell you, Arizona's a fast fast team. They play with a lot of energy, good defense. Uh, the guy, the assistant coach from Gonzaga, Tommy Lloyd, or is one of the a former Gonzaga assistant is now the head coach at Arizona, and he's got the Arizona Wildcats flying high. Arizona, I think, is getting into the NCAA tournament. They look outstanding. They throttled Michigan Sunday night. Michigan, who I picked to the Final Four because I really like Dickinson, and I, I think they have a very good. Strong team, and I had to take them over Purdue because, again, Michigan's at least proven it here lately. Purdue, we're still waiting. Uh, the Big Ten's going to be a lot of fun, I think, to watch. But, wow, Arizona showed me something on Sunday night, and I, I have to give them a lot of kudos for for what they did. Uh, UNC doesn't look to be very good. Tennessee strong. Uh, but Purdue and Arizona are the teams of the week for me this week. It was very, very impressive. Saint Bonaventure. Oh yes, ah uh, yes, of course. The whole, t- I think the whole uh, Saint Bonaventure community took over Charleston. They beat Marquette by a lot. They did, and Marquette's a good team. They beat Illinois earlier this year. Saint Bonaventure is going to be a top ten team at some point this year. I think. Mm-hmm. They've got UConn in a few weeks. They got Virginia Tech. They beat both of those squads. I think they are going to win a lot of games. I'm not saying they're going undefeated because the, you know, the A-10 is a, a good league. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at their schedule. I don't know who they're losing to. Kyle Lofton is a very, very good player for St. Bonaventure, and they play defense. and that uh, they, they play defense like Virginia does, except they do it better. I'm excited about St. Bonaventure. They got Jaron Holmes. He averages 17 a game. They got that Lofton. I, 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 I like, I do, I do like them a lot since I picked them to fucking go to the Final Four. And I, I feel like if they have the season, like, can they be like a four seed? A oh, five yeah. seed? Yeah, I mean... And I feel like I am going to pick them to go to the Final Four. No matter who they play, I will pick them to go all the way to mm-hmm. the Final Four. Yeah, this is a pretty strong non-conference that they've had. They, they, granted, they did have to come back from double digits down against Clemson to win that game. Um, yeah, I'm looking here at this. I mean, George. They got Northern Iowa coming up. They got a couple of easy games coming up here, but... I'm excited, excited about St. Bonaventure. Yes, well, well, you should be. I, I am too. I, there's a St. The, the Bonnies. Yep, the, the, gotta give them credit. They are a very good team. I'm all. I, I'm not gonna quite be all in like you, but yeah. This, oh, I'm, I'm. I know you, you are, You're driving this. You're, you're leading the bandwagon uh, all the way out to Western New York. Um. The, the, the score that jumped, all the scores this past week, the one that jumped out to me was BYU and Oregon. Oh, yes. Yes, it did indeed. What, 91? 80, 81 to 49. Yeah. BYU just trounces them. So, Oregon, that's not, that's not good. No. 
No, it is not. You got, what is it, uh, Friday night you got the big one? You got Gonzaga? Yep. And UCLA Friday night? You got Duke-Gonzaga, I think, tomorrow night, Tuesday. Big, uh, big deal. That's no, there. That's uh, Friday. Friday you have Duke-Gonzaga. Yeah, I think Gonzaga is tomorrow night, or Tuesday night, right? And UCLA, what in the hell is this? UCLA-Gonzaga is Tuesday night. I thought it was the 23rd. Yes, it Gonzaga is. Yep, plays Central for some reason, Gonzaga plays Central Michigan Monday night. They play UCLA Tuesday night. And they play Duke on Friday night. So, yeah, I don't have to work on any of those days uh, or those nights. So, I would like to catch Gonzaga-UCLA, the, one of the greatest college games I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those guys back, so I would like to to watch that. It seemed, what was it, uh... Villanova, who, 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 Villanova, UCLA last week seemed like a good game. Nobody yeah. saw it because it was out at midnight. But yep. uh, a good game that nobody saw. So yeah, this game is on at nine o'clock on a Tuesday local time. So that sucks a little oh. bit, but it's a little easier, I think, than the ten thirty local start time uh, well, or ten thirty central start time that uh, Gonzaga and um, or that UCLA and Villanova had. Oh, that was ridiculous. Um, yeah, but you have the Maui Invitational being played in Vegas here this week. It's not a, I wouldn't say a fantastic field, but we'll see what uh, Oregon and, and the like can do. I tell you what, Virginia's playing with fire this year. They might not make the tournament. Yeah, they're not very good. Uh, which, is, which is surprising. Jackrabbits are... Jackrabbits are playing in the crossover classic. They play, uh, they take on a disappointing Nevada team on Monday. Then they get uh, Washington on Tuesday, and then they host uh, or then they play George Mason uh, on Wednesday. So Jackrabbits got to go minimum two and one, but I think they could go three and one here. Or three and zero. Yeah, win, 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 win a couple of those mean. games. Yep. Yeah, good, good little, good little tournament here in Sioux Falls. Um. South Carolina beat UConn women uh, today. 23-5 to run to end the game. It's always nice to have your two top teams playing the fucking Monday afternoon. <laughs> so, yeah, good, uh, good run by South Carolina. Uh, to win it, they beat USD a couple weeks ago. So, yeah, always good uh, college basketball. Lots of good... Yeah, lots of good stuff. Yep, SDSU women well, lost to Creighton. They aren't very good right now, but you just once they get Maya Sellen back, that's going to turn their season around. And they're losing to good teams. They, are, I mean, they're they still need to beat some of these good teams too. But they're close. But they only have. I mean, they're not beating anybody without her. Right. So I mean, Iowa State's a good team. So yeah, one thing. Hopefully, she's back. Maybe January. We'll see. They they haven't said at all. So. She's probably going to miss out on all of these games that you kind of got to win before you get ready for the summer league schedule. So I don't know if they're going to have that. It's probably a one bid league this year because USD they're they're losing, but they're losing to good teams too. So uh, unless one of these two teams beat somebody, mm-hmm. probably just a one bid league here for once. Could be. Uh, finally, uh, be remiss if I didn't mention the brawl in Detroit. Uh, uh, Sunday night, uh, LeBron James elbowing Isaiah Stewart of the Pistons on a free throw attempt, and uh, I, I, Isaiah Stewart. Did I say Isaiah Simmons? I meant Isaiah Stewart. No, no, I said it right. Oh, I, I said it right. Okay. Uh, 
It, I, he went, he was livid. Well, I mean, he's bleeding out of his eye socket, so that's not a good uh, <laughs> sight either. Uh, but he had to be held back and restrained. Uh, he tried to, he, he darted into the, the locker room and tried to, I think, get to the Lakers locker room in there after, you know, going into the tunnel. It wasn't good. LeBron James gets... Um, got ejected. He got suspended one game, and Isaiah got suspended two. That doesn't make any sense to me. He's granted, you know, he went a little berserk, but he was the one who got the brunt of the injury, and he gets suspended more games. Uh, I think this was, I can't tell if this was, uh, you know, if this was intentional or not. I think there was a little intent behind it. Certainly not what LeBron James was intending, you know, to cause a you know, guy to bleed out of his eye, but um, I think there's a lot of frustration with the Lakers. I think they're in some serious trouble. I think they, they might be in that play-in game situation. They are not very good right now. And it seems like wherever Russell Westbrook goes, that team gets worse. Mm-hmm. So that's unfortunate for him. Isaiah Stewart, I saw him four years ago. Um, I think he was at the Corn Palace. I know he was at in Sioux Falls. He was, I think, I'm pretty sure he was, he was at the Corn Palace. I saw him four years ago as a freshman. And he's a big son of a bitch. And he went to Washington for a year, played well there, and he's he's having a good start to his career. So he is a guy that he was a monster in high school. And he's, he's done pretty well thus far. All right. That's more on Isaiah Stewart than I thought I was going to get. Yeah. So there we go. This Mike Miller Classic, this Hoop City Classic that they have, mm-hmm. they bring in some legitimate big time teams. Sean mm-hmm. Burke came one they brought in, uh, I think, IMG Academy. Yep. And then they had, I mean, it is, Joel Embiid was here one year. That was before I got here. Mm-hmm. But Joel Embiid was here uh, one year before he went to Kansas. And they have had a, a, a good long list of, of guys. And Isaiah Stewart among the the best of those guys. Very so good. Very good. Yeah, they, they bring in some legitimate uh, talent to, to Mitchell and Sioux Falls. Awesome. Awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, anything else we need to get to before we say so long? Paige Meyer for SDSU Women. She's a freshman. She's looking good. So I like... I mean, they're, they're always going to be good, mm-hmm. but they've got they've got a couple of real good ones coming up here. Good. So good, get my selling back. We'll see what happens. That's what so. we like to see. What we like. Oh, to uh, see. Well, wait, uh, one, one thing, one thing. Yes. Uh, Major League Baseball Hall of Fame ballot. Uh, and the MVP was given out. Otani won it, and Bryce Harper won it, and. Corbin Burns won the Cy Young, and like, Robbie Ray won the Cy Young. Yes, so. yeah. Nobody had Robbie Ray in the preseason winning that one. So that was a deserving, but no, nobody had that beginning of the year. The Hall of Fame ballot, that, the ballot is out in what, uh, what next, what, January? Mm-hmm. They announced the winners. I, I would, you can only vote for 10 guys. I would vote for 12 on this ballot. It's that good, huh? I see Ortiz and A-Rod are among David them. Ortiz, he will get in. This is his first year. I'm pretty sure he'll get in. Anybody else, I don't know if anybody else is getting in. 
I, I would vote for Bonds and Clemens. I would vote for Todd Helton. I would vote for Jeff Kent. I would vote for Joe Nathan. He was really good for a long time. Sure was. I'd vote for, I'd vote for Ortiz. I would vote for Billy Wagner. I think he was very as good as Mariano Rivera. Just doesn't have the playoff uh, success. I'd vote for Sammy Sosa. I'd vote for Gary Sheffield, Kurt Schilling, Scott Rowland, A-Rod, and Manny Ramirez. So I'm just going to vote. I'm not doing the, this guy took steroids, this guy didn't. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to vote for all of them. Were you good? Yes, you were. And I, you know, all those guys that are suspects used. Yes, they did. David Ortiz used, Mm -hmm. but nobody had the problem when, when you put guys in that, that have used and that it's been documented that they were Mike Piazza, mm-hmm. other guys like that, when you put them in, then how can you say, oh, I, I'm not going to put in Barry Bonds? Well, why? You, you already put in these these guys who we know had a, had a positive test. Mm-hmm. So why you, why did why'd you put him in and why did you not? seems like the better you were, the more of a stain it was on you. Yeah. If you're Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, and you can't – Sammy Sosa. Yeah. It's like the, the, the better you were, the worse it is, which I don't quite understand. So, uh, Baseball writers then, are especially. This is the last year for those three. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Kurt Schilling, who's a terrible person. Yep. Um, for Bonds and Clemens, this is going to be interesting. I, maybe one of them get in. I don't know. It's This is the last year for them for a while. <sighs> I gotta. Well, I, I hope they get in, but I'm not. I, I'm not holding my breath. I don't think it's gonna happen. But. I think David Ortiz is in. Anybody else? I think there's guys who should be in. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's guys I didn't mention that like you can make the case for them. Mm-hmm. But um, I think mean, there's a lot of a lot of guys on that on that ballot. So we will see. Definitely, definitely. Well, I wish you a happy Thanksgiving this week. Enjoy the food. Enjoy oh. all the great college basketball we got, the college football and NFL. And uh, enjoy the time. Enjoy the time off. And we'll talk to you next week, my friend. It's going to be so nice tomorrow to wrap it up with the weather the way we started with the weather. Yep. It's going to be so nice tomorrow that we will play pickleball outside tomorrow. Oh, damn. Wow. Tomorrow night. It's supposed to be... Low to mid 60s. I think it should be fine for some pickleball from 6 to 8. It should be at least in the upper 40s, if not lower 50s, I would think at 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock at night. So Dang. it's probably going to be the last time this year. Yep. We're going to go outside. <laughs> yeah, you got to take advantage of these nice days when you can. Definitely. Yeah, so that's right. what we got because it's going to be, uh, yeah, uh, chilly on Thanksgiving. So. It will. It will. Sounds good. You have a great time doing that. Uh, wonderful Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you next week, my friend. All right, we'll see you later. Travis Crins joining here, Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time, as always. Great stuff there. A lot that we had to get to: NFL, college football, college basketball, NBA, and the, you know the Baseball Hall of Fame stuff too. A lot there. Uh, you can always listen to this podcast available on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken, Travis Crins on Twitter at Travis Crins. A Link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. The last edition of Bullbound or Not for the year is coming up next. We have Charlie Hildebrand joining us to play Bullbound or Not, plus discuss other 
happenings in the college football world. That's next, coming up here on the Sports Block Podcast. Again, available on podcast.com. Don't go anywhere. Plenty more to get to here on the Sports Block Podcast. Thanksgiving Week Edition. We continue here on the Thanksgiving Day edition or Thanksgiving Week edition of the Sports Blog Podcast. It's not Thanksgiving Day yet, unless you're listening to this on Thanksgiving, in which case it is. And happy Thanksgiving. And pleased to be joined by my good friend, resident college football expert from the Northwest Iowa Review, Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, how are we doing? I'm good. Thanksgiving week might be my favorite week of the year because not only do we wrap up the regular season for college football, but we also do all the that you can eat while you're watching football. I, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Is it yours? I think if we're talking like the entire Thursday through Sunday, then yeah, probably. If you mean only the specific day, then it might be something else, but Thanksgiving weekend overall it, it definitely is what is your favorite food like for me thanksgiving it it's not even necessarily the turkey i'll have a little turkey but it's not the big thing i love mashed potatoes and gravy love the stuffing you know the dinner rolls uh the corn i'm more like the sides guy not the main course not the main meal or the main meat itself the turkey a green bean casserole is good with little fried uh, onions on there. What's uh, what's Charlie Hildebrand's favorite uh, Thanksgiving um, food? It's probably mashed potatoes and gravy. Um, I do like the stuffing. I like the turkey and it did, like with all that other stuff on the pork at the same time too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't like the turkey that much if I was just eating it plain, nothing on. But I'd say it's, it's specifically it's the mashed potatoes and the gravy. And then if we're talking dessert, I like pumpkin pie, but I like pecan pie. You you like pecan pie better? I do. Okay, that's very good because uh, Travis is a big pumpkin pie guy. I'm not. I don't like pumpkin pie at all. Uh, pumpkin mousse, pumpkin crunch are okay. Pumpkin muffins from Perkins when they used to have all the cream cheese icing. Fantastic. Not just a little dollop shit that they have on now. It's disgusting. Uh, not a pumpkin pie guy though. Not a pumpkin pie blizzard. It's uh, it's got to be apple, caramel apple, or pecan for me. So uh, you and I are in the same boat on the pecan side of things. It's really good. I uh, I don't know. I'm going to my parents' house. I would imagine they'll have pecan pie, and I'll probably have these two. I would say I'm say, I'm saying two slices, but really it's probably more like essentially four slices because they'll be big enough. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Well, I, I have to imagine you're the favorite child, right? So they better have pecan. I mean, I don't know if I should publicly say, but yes, I've always felt like I was the favorite. <laughs> Very good. Speaking of favorites, um, Georgia, still the favorite in college football. Ohio State, they appear to be also right up there in contention. Ohio State decimated Michigan State over the weekend it was not even a contest it was 56 to 7 49 to nothing at half this game was over midway through the second quarter and that might even be generous did you see this even remotely happening i'm not the least bit surprised that ohio state won and if i remember right i think i said that you know there have been times where you know i think it was 2015 that ohio state should have won handily but threw the ball too much and didn't hand it off to Ezekiel Elliott and Michigan State won in the rain on the field goal. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I said that that was worth noting, but expected Ohio State to win. 
I'm not surprised they won by more than 10 or maybe even 14, but I absolutely did not think it would be 49 to nothing that time. I thought it would be like 20 to 6 at halftime, and then they'd end up winning like 40 to 17, something like that, where they were definitely in control the whole game, but but I did not think they would. Uh, I didn't think there'd be seven touchdowns in the first half period, let alone that all seven were come from only one team. Right? Yeah. I. I mean, C.J. Stroud was absolutely great. He had six touchdown passes for the game. Only three. Was it three incompletions or four? No, I think only three incompletions. So he was fantastic. I feel like Michigan State. Yes, they had the big win against Michigan, but we didn't expect Michigan. We didn't think Michigan State was going to be as good as they have been this season to at the start of the season. Uh, so I, I feel like maybe this performance kind of made them or hopefully gets people to think like, oh, they, they came back down to earth a little bit. Now, I, again, I didn't think they were going to lose 56 to 7, but I think maybe the ranking was a little higher for them than it, what it probably should have been. I mean, I think it was okay based off what we knew at that point in time and what we could prove on the field. But the bottom line is they should have lost both to Nebraska and to Michigan mm-hmm. and needed all kinds of food to stop against Nebraska. Mostly Nebraska's an aptitude shift. <laughs> and, then needed, and then needed to make plays as Michigan. I mean, we could debate whether Michigan State came back and won or Michigan choked it away. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was probably a combo of the two. But they definitely should have lost at least one of those games. Like I don't think, I don't think if you watched either of those games, you walked away thinking Michigan State was definitely the better of those two teams in each game and definitely deserved to win. So right. I think it's ultimately just kind of them coming back down to earth. Where if they would have lost both of those games, and you know, were so what would they have been then? Like six and three or whatever going into that game. Mm-hmm. The weird thing is then they probably would not have had the same level of or Ohio. So they would not have had Ohio State's attention the way right. they did. Yep. And college game day wouldn't have been there. Right. And I think Ohio State would have still won, but I think it would have been a much different game as opposed to, you know, like Ohio State and Georgia and a lot of those schools essentially a lot of time are like sleeping giants or even, even when they're really good, there's times they kind of, walk through things a little bit, but you don't when you when you get like their full attention and focus, you really gotta bring your A game. And I and I think it just it just wasn't a good matchup for Michigan State. Michigan State doesn't have a great pass defense. Not what you want going against Ohio State. No. And obviously Ohio State has a massive talent edge too. And that's not a knock on Michigan State. They've got a big talent edge on everyone in the Big Ten and probably everyone in the country not named Georgia or Alabama right now. Right. And I think, I mean, Ohio State is playing their best football right now when it matters the most. And that makes them an incredibly dangerous team. And a a matchup with Georgia in the national championship game is something I think that would delight a lot of people. Because no one's been able to score much on Georgia, but this Ohio State team is certainly putting together quite the performance on the offensive side of the football. Uh, so and they, it's a good enough defense that, they, that Georgia would not, you know, at least I would think Georgia would score like 30 or well, like 35 against Ohio State unless they happen to force a bunch of turnovers. 
Yeah, and that and that is the side of the football that Ohio State has vastly improved on, improved on as the season has worn on because they were not a good defense early on in the season. So they are certainly playing their best football of the year right now. Oregon is not. Oregon is out of the college football playoff picture. They get annihilated by Utah 38-7. It was in Utah. I, this was not a surprising outcome to me. Did I think Oregon would keep it a little closer? Yes, I did. Uh, kind of similar to the Michigan State-Ohio State game. They just looked flat out disinterested. Like that they had nothing. You would have thought by watching that game that Utah had everything on the line here in terms of needing to win to stay in the college football playoff discussion. Oregon did. It was a it was a bad, bad look and a bad, bad performance by Oregon. Uh, but at least now the Pac-12 can have settled down to Thanksgiving, not having to worry about anything college football playoff related. That's true. I don't know what we'd have to have happen to get a Pac-12 team in the playoff, but it's such a minuscule chance that it's not worth discussing. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I'm not surprised that Utah won. I thought it was kind of a coin flip game. I was more surprised by that result than I was the Michigan State-Ohio State one. If you would have told me one of those two games that someone would win by, you know, more than four touchdowns, I would say, oh, well, it's definitely Ohio State then. Mm-hmm. I just would have thought that, that – I mean, if you would have told me that Utah won by 14, I'd probably buy that. But I guess I don't – was it like 38-7 to seven 38 was the final seven. score? Yep, 38-7. to seven. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, would, would not have guessed – I mean, I wouldn't have guessed Oregon would have won by 30 either, especially on the road. But, but yeah, it, uh, it's not good for Oregon. I mean, I, I think in terms of perception, I don't know if it matters a whole lot because obviously they're done anyways now. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, and, uh, we've seen this a lot from the Pac-12. They have a team that has a shot and they just – they can't do it. I don't. I don't know what it is with going on the road in the Pac-12, but going on the road in the Pac-12 seems to be worse than going on the road in many other. Yeah, it does. Maybe it's the travel that is involved there. Who knows? Uh, but Oregon and Michigan State are now out of the college football playoff discussion. And that means that the field has dwindled. And, and maybe we'll play each other at the Rose Bowl, though, per- so that could be interesting. Perhaps, yeah. We'll, we'll have to see. That would be that would certainly be an entertaining matchup. I think at least, yeah. I mean, but you never know. Maybe Utah gets in there uh, in the Rose Bowl discussion. So yeah, that's a good point. If they play each other again, based off what we've seen, I think the second one would probably be closer. Just by it's hard to beat a good team by four and a half touchdowns twice. What if? But the, it would also be tough for me to say, you know what? I think Oregon's going to win the rematch. What if we get Utah Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl? Yuck! Just yuck. Uh, I don't. I probably would not watch that if that was the case. Yeah, I don't think a lot of us would. I'd be like, I don't need to see the over under of seventeen and a half. No, not at all. Before we get to uh, a look here at Rivalry Week in the last week of the regular season, the college football playoff rankings have been un- uh, released for the, what, is this the third week now, I believe? Third week? Fourth week? Fourth week, maybe. Either way. Uh, have you taken, have you seen these, uh, have you seen the rankings? What are your thoughts on them? There has been movement. Uh, Ohio State uh, jumping up to two and Cincinnati to four. I have no problem with the rankings here so far I, I think Notre Dame fans might be a little upset that Michigan is uh that that Michigan jumped Notre Dame to five but I 
I mean, Michigan, that's going to take Wasn't care Mich- of it. I thought Michigan was ahead of Notre Dame anyways. I think they were, yes. I think they, yeah, seven. Yep, so, um, okay, so never mind what I, I said there. Um, I still think, like, Notre Dame, yes, they, they play Stanford. They don't have a, a, a conference championship game. But it's all going to play itself out just fine because either Michigan or Ohio State's going to lose this week, and the loser then is done. Uh, potentially yeah. Georgia can beat Alabama and then Alabama would likely be done. So Notre Dame has a shot there. Oklahoma state to me is the team to watch for the most with these rankings. They are now ranked what seventh. Uh, the, the big 12 has three teams in the top 10. Baylor is eight. Oklahoma is 10 and Oklahoma state could play both of those schools here in the next two weeks provided that they beat Oklahoma in the Battle of Bedlam on Saturday. So I, there's still a lot that can be played out. But what were your initial thoughts on the rankings for this week? For the most part, I'm okay with them. I do kind of still think Alabama might be too high. But I do like that Ohio State's ahead because they should be yep. based off, I think, what we can prove. I mean, I, I feel confident in saying that even though Oregon got beat badly, that it's still a better loss for Ohio State than Alabama since Texas A&M. But yeah, I kind of feel like Cincinnati being undefeated, that they should be ahead of Alabama too. But, you know, ultimately it's just going to depend on what happens in the SEC title. Or I guess maybe they could lose to Auburn this week. I don't know if I'd bang on that. But I think in general I'm okay with them. I think – I think Michigan should be ahead of Notre Dame. Um, and I think Cincinnati should be ahead of Baltimore. I mean, they should obviously be ahead of Notre Dame because they beat them. And, uh, and yeah, I guess, you know, it's the SEC, assuming that Alabama beats Georgia, the SEC title game and the Ohio State-Michigan game are going to be, you know, the two big games that can swing things different ways. And I certainly... I hope Michigan beats Ohio State, even though I'm not banking on it because I don't think they've beat them since 2011. And uh, I do think Georgia will beat Alabama, so that's good because I do not want to see Alabama and Titans again. Travis kind of talked me into that earlier, saying that you know he thinks it's going to be Georgia, Ohio State, uh, Cincinnati, and Notre Dame for the the four spots, and I tend to agree with him. I, I mean. I, I almost want to pick Alabama to say, like, okay, until Georgia can prove it, I kind of have to go with the Crimson Tide, you know. But with the way Alabama has looked here in recent weeks, it's going to be really tough for, A, that that off, for that defense to stop Georgia because, you know, I, I just don't think Alabama is playing their best football right now. And maybe that's, uh, that's something that Nick Saban will be able to hang over Alabama's head for the Iron Bowl this week and then the SEC Championship game next week. But I, I don't know. It's I I hate to not pick Alabama, but it just looks more and more here likely that Georgia wins, and then if Alabama's out, that is that that it's just fascinating for me to see how this goes. But there's a real potential that here that Cincinnati and Notre Dame both get in. Yeah, I think I would probably agree with with Craig's thoughts that Brody said Georgia, Ohio State, Cincinnati, and Notre Dame. Yes, yep, that's what he said. I think that's the most likely as of now, because until Michigan beats Ohio State, I'm not going to believe it. Um, I'll, yeah, 
to a degree, you could say that with Georgia, but Georgia's at least undefeated and has beat other really, really good teams. Mm-hmm. Where Michigan's not beat someone. I mean, I, I don't I trying to think of the last time Michigan beat, you know, a top four or five team. And unless I'm forgetting one, I don't think it's happened in it's, quite a while. Yeah, it certainly hasn't happened often, if at all, in the Jim Harbaugh era. And I, I don't know if, like, I, I don't, in, in theory, you should only judge things based off this season and not historic tradition and stuff like that. I think it's going to be tough if Oklahoma State wins the next two weeks to pick them over Notre Dame if they both have one loss. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be kind of an interesting, um, like, trial run to see. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to happen, though, because I don't think Oklahoma State's been Oklahoma since 2011 either. Yeah. That year that, I mean, unless I'm forgetting the year. I think it's. Because there, there have been so many times that Oklahoma, Oklahoma State's built up as this great game. And sometimes it's fairly close, but but Oklahoma finds a way to win, or Oklahoma just absolutely watches Oklahoma State. Yeah, I think it's been six like straight years. Yeah, six straight years that Oklahoma's won this game, I think. Okay, so Oklahoma State's won twice since two years. Yeah. So just in 20, but still. So, and if, and, I mean, obviously, if they beat Oklahoma, I don't think stunned if they lost to Baylor either. So. No, nope, I won. Nope. So you throw those in, and Alabama losing, I mean, I don't know what else it would be other than before that, you know, Crimson, I agree with so Georgia, Ohio State, Cincinnati, and Notre Dame. Unless one of those four gets upset somewhere, but, you know, I don't think Georgia's going to lose. I don't think Cincinnati's going to lose to anybody they play. And I don't think Ohio State's going to lose to Michigan or Wisconsin. No. Uh, that that game though for Cincinnati with Houston in the AAC championship game that has some potential here. Houston's playing some good football right now. I, I think Cincinnati wins that game, but that's not an easy one. What if Wisconsin were to pull off that upset against either Ohio State or Michigan? I mean, that would be something. So there could be chaos still ensuing here, uh, but we'll have to wait. There, there could be, but based off Crimson's four picks that I ultimately agree with. It's still ultimately it's mostly the same that normally is with the only difference that Cincinnati needs it. And obviously yep. that's a big deal as the first group of five teams to make it. But aside from that, Georgia and you know, I guess it would, I think it'll only be the second time Georgia's made the playoff. But since they started the season number one, that's a little less surprising and obviously Ohio State and Notre Dame both made it plenty of times. Right. Right. Uh, before we get to rivalry week here. Uh, Dan Mullen is uh, got fired at Florida. Um, it's kind of easy to see why two and nine in the last eleven games against Power Five schools. Only I think Kansas, Vanderbilt, and Arizona had worse records in the, their last eleven games against Power Five opponents. So that's that kind of conceal your fate. But he was just in the SEC championship game last year. Was the plug pulled on Dan Mullen too quickly, or was this a situation that it just went, it spiraled so fast and out of control that there was nothing that Dan Mullen could do? I'm going to give you a two-part answer. The first part, A, yes, I think it was too quick, but that's just because they do this all the time in college football now, and I think that's one of the downsides of the way things have changed in the last 15 or 20 years is everyone's so quick to fire him. 
was, all the time. Wasn't but, he? But base, or sorry, go ahead. Well, wasn't he like the guy coming home, kind of like Scott Frost coming home to Nebraska? Didn't isn't Dan to Moore, a lesser degree? He didn't play at Florida, but he was right. an assistant there under Urban Meyer. He was the uh, the offensive coordinator. Let's yep. see, I'm trying to think. Like Urban Meyer, his first year at Florida was 05, and I think. And in 2008, they won the national. They won the national title in 06, and then in 08 with Tebow. Yeah. And Mullen was the offensive coordinator those four years from 05 to 08. Okay, so given the the, the patience that Scott Frost has been given at Nebraska, or I guess, and maybe that's patience is a loose term there. But I mean, let's let's also say that it would be different if Dan Mullen was the starting was the starting quarterback True. that won a national title. If, if, if everything else about Dan Mullen was exactly the same, but his name was Danny Warhol and he won the Heisman National title at Florida, fair. then I think they, they might give him another year. Okay, fair fair enough. Okay, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. To your second point then. Is that even based off, I think people do fire teams too quickly, but based off how it's been for the last five or six years, I think it's not surprising. The only real surprising thing is, is I think that Mullen was a much more universally lauded hire by Florida than either uh, uh, Will Muschamp or uh, Jim McElwain, mm-hmm. who I think all three of them like took him to the SEC title game in their first or second year and went and played in like a BCS Bowl or a New Year's Six Bowl. And then the next year after that, it was just like, oh no, we're not very good and they fired him. So... I mean, obviously the gun's very, very quick in Florida to, to change things. And I suppose, and we could, we could also talk about how that's a problem with college sports. Absolutely. Far, yes. far too long of a debate, but... Yeah, no, I, I agree but, with that. What is so the, I, basically, I would just say that I'm not stunned that he got fired. I'm sure they can get somebody good at Florida because it's still a good job. But based off the way they fired the last three guys... I do think that if it were some of James Franklin's shines worn off this season, and the same with Matt Campbell in Iowa State, I don't know who like the guy would be in the coaching cycle this year, but I think it would be much easier to kind of take pause when you look at Florida and be like, eh, do I really want to go there? Do I want to go to another school? That's really, really good. Where if I have one season that isn't good, that I won't get fired. Well, what's the better job, Florida or LSU? I think Florida is still the better job, mostly. It just as of right now, because Nick Saban's still at Alabama and the SEC West is tougher overall. Okay. I do think that Georgia's essentially going to do the same as SEC West teams being in the same division as Alabama. But I think Florida is still probably the top school in the state of Florida, even though LSU's a very good state to recruit out of. I think Florida's still better. And I think you have to like that other than Georgia. You look at everybody else in the ACC East and we think, yeah, if we get things going, even just relatively well, we should be better than the other five teams not named Georgia every single year in the East. We're in the West. It's like, well, we could be pretty good in the West and still only be the fourth best team in the division. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I, I guess I would lean towards LSU. But your point about the SEC West being diff- more difficult is well taken, and, and that certainly is a factor. Um, that's tough. It, it, it really is. I, but Florida, 
to me, I think, you know, some of that shine is starting to get lost on Florida, kind of like it has with other schools like Texas. Oh, who, by the way, is going into the SEC and, by the way, lost their sixth straight game uh, of the season, 31-23 this time against West Virginia. So Texas, definitely not back. Um, We go to rivalry week here. Your favorite rivalry game this week. Like just my favorite one in general, or which game I'm most excited about for this specific game? Well, both. Both. What's your favorite rivalry game in the sport? And then B, what's the best rivalry game this week? My favorite one kind of changes every few years. I would say right now it's probably Alabama and Auburn, just because it's so often there's so much at stake in that Auburn, even though not like that consistently. Mm-hmm. I still beat Alabama more consistently than probably anybody else in the SEC. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's probably pretty unlikely that they're going to win this week, though. And then I think the one I'm most excited for, well, I'll, I'll give you two that I'm most excited for. One for big picture stuff and one just for chaos. Reasons, which do you think um, uh, the big picture. Big picture one, it's, it's Ohio State-Michigan. Mm-hmm. I think it's very likely that in the middle of the second quarter, we're like, oh, Ohio State's up by three touchdowns. They're definitely going to win this game. And it actually wasn't that good of a game again. Like, I, I, I'm not going to be surprised if that happens. But I think it's that one just because whoever wins, wins the division and is going to have the inside track to win the conference and play in the playoff. Mm-hmm. And if it's Michigan, it's going to be a really interesting deal since we were talking going into the season about Jim Harbaugh getting fired. And obviously, he's not going to get fired this season based on how they play. Right. And uh, and if he, and if the season they've had, if he finally finds a way to beat Ohio State, nobody's going to care that they lost at Michigan State, and they might actually build a shrine because <laughs> it's been so long to pick beat Ohio State. Yep. Yep. How about the 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 rivalry game then that could cause the most chaos? I don't mean, like, chaos for the country. I mean, like, just a chaotic game between two chaotic teams. Okay. Like, in that way. Um, It's definitely Ole Miss, Mississippi State. When you start talking about Lane Kiffin against Mike Beach in a rivalry game. Yeah. Like, I I might be more, even though it could be a really good game, I think it probably will be a good game, I'm probably more excited just to see the two coaches throwing shade at each other. Prescott. (laughs) <laughs> well, it, it's on Thanksgiving night, so what better way to to kind of, you can take that nap in the afternoon and then wake up and uh, fit, cap off the Thanksgiving night with a little egg bowl. So that's right. What better than some eggs to cap off Thanksgiving? Absolutely, yeah, it, it's great. Uh, th- this is a big week, uh, and the biggest game is Michigan Ohio State. Um, I. Until Michigan can pull off that win, I got to go with Ohio State. But we have some other games here that are intriguing. Wisconsin-Minnesota, that has a chance to be pretty good. I don't know. I mean, Wisconsin playing really well right now. But Minnesota looked good last week, albeit against a two-win Indiana team. So we'll see what happens there. Alabama-Auburn in the Iron Bowl uh, should be a good one. Um, I think, just real quick, on Wisconsin-Minnesota, I don't have their divisions. Or the, the standings pulled up in front of me. Yep, I am. I think that, it, it, I'm not saying this is likely, but if Minnesota would beat 
Wisconsin, and I think if Iowa beats Nebraska, I, is, I think Iowa maybe wins the division. They do. Or yes. is that wrong? Nope, nope. Iowa would win because they would be 7-2 and two and Wisconsin would be 6-3 and three in the conference. Yeah, so, so, so your Gophers, I mean, they have a chance to cause a uh, a little bit of divisional chaos. Yeah, play spoiler. If only they had just beaten Illinois, then there would be so much more on the line here for this team, uh, which it just sucks, but that's... Your Gophers and my Cornhuskers somehow both lost to an awful Illinois team and will never understand that. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's good. That's a baffling, a head-scratcher for sure. Uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. on ABC. Again, Oklahoma State hasn't beaten Oklahoma in a while, but Oklahoma State's defense is legit. I I tend to go with the teams, like, the, I tend to go with history, and history tells you Oklahoma. I just, I feel like some of the shine has worn off of Caleb Williams this year, uh, you know, ever since you know he came back, had that fantastic performance against Texas in the second half of the Red River rivalry. Um, I think he's going to be very good next year. Very, very good. Uh, Heisman Trophy potential. But if you've seen it over the last couple of weeks, he hasn't been all that great. In fact, the fans are kind of chanting for Spencer Rattler to come back in. So I don't see Oklahoma being in a great spot here. I'm going to go with Oklahoma State here in their defense as the biggest reason why. Which, I mean, Big 12 in defense has been a foreign concept for a number of years now. Oklahoma State's taking a charge, though, with that on defense, and they're playing really well. Uh, give me the Cowboys in this one. You're good. I'm taking Oklahoma in part as why you said that they just have won so many times. And also, even though I think Mike Dutton's a good coach, I think Boyd Dutton's a good coach. At the end of the day, I think the Sooners are going to win. I I think it'll be better than some of them have been, where you know it's a big game and Oklahoma wins by four touchdowns. I think this will probably go down to the wire, but I'm taking the Sooners. But I would prefer to see Oklahoma State win. Okay. Um, any other games this week that really catch your attention? Any other rivalries? Well, I mean, I feel obligated to say Nebraska and Iowa only because even I, I mean, I. I don't have to watch a second of the game. In fact, I'll probably miss it at work. But I can tell you, I already know what's going to happen. Nebraska's going to have the ball down four points with two minutes left. And they're going to go, oh, my God. Can Nebraska drive down the field and beat Iowa? Without their starting quarterback, Adrian And they'll probably drive to the 19 or so, and then they'll turn it over or turn it over on downs with 17 seconds left and be like, oh, man, I can't believe this. We lost such a close game. And the other thing, I don't know if you knew this or saw this or not, apparently Nebraska has tied the NCAA record for one score to losses in a season. That's impressive. So all they have to do is one more against once more against Iowa, and for the first time since nineteen ninety seven, then Nebraska can chant we're number one afterwards. <laughs> and you know, it's oh, sort of a consolation prize. Oh no. Yeah, because they're not going to a bowl game this year. They're not bowl bound. Uh nope. They could beat Iowa, and they still wouldn't be bowl bound because they they would have to beat Iowa to finish four and eight. I I'll be honest, I didn't realize that Nebraska was favored in this game prior to Adrian Martinez uh, the announcement that he won't play. I I did know that, but I was surprised to see that. I did not think that they would be favored. But 
But Vegas doesn't care about rankings or win-loss record. They just have their advanced analytics to try to figure out which team they think's better. And I guess I don't know how Nebraska's doing against the spread this year. I don't check that. But, but also, obviously, it's different now. We're starting quarterbacks in. Right. Right. Should we get to some Bull Bound or Not, the last edition of Bull Bound or Not for the year? Let's do it. It's sad. It's already come down to this. Um, we've had a number of people reach out um, over you know the, the past few days. Um, I mean, it, it, I can't, so many I can't even I can't even name Austin and Texas. Like Seoul and South Korea. Yes, yep. Austin and Texas said, uh, can you please get bullbound or not on more times next year? So Austin, we'll, we'll take it into consideration. We'll certainly try our best. Um, I agree with you. Savannah in Georgia is like, can uh, I mean, we need bullbound or not to return next year. It will, Savannah. Trust me. Uh, it will, and we will bring it back in full force. We'll have a, we'll have, we'll, we'll do a few more than we did this year. But uh, yeah, we did it the whole month of November here, uh, and we are down to the final week. So again, we appreciate everyone listening to who loved the segment because uh, it's become a national, really a global phenomenon. So always appreciate that. And we're gonna start. We're gonna go through all of the teams. With five wins, because this is it, Charlie. This is it. This is to get. This is to extend your season. So we one, be- can I make one request? Yes. Unless there's a better matchup, where they're both at five wins, that Florida, Florida State's the last one. Yes. Yep. Absolutely, we can do that. That is a okay by me. Uh, we'll begin in the AAC with uh, Memphis at five and six. They or Tulsa, excuse me, at five and six. Well, both are at five and six. We'll pick them each. Tulsa is at SMU. Charlie is Tulsa bullbound or not? They're not. The ponies are going to win. All right. Uh, I think we had we've had that pretty much every week where we've had Tulsa and Memphis host Tulane. So is Memphis bullbound or not? Memphis is. Memphis is winning at home. All right, so Memphis. No Memphis getting in. Uh, by the way, seventy-two teams, I believe, have at least six wins now on the season. So there are going to be some six-win teams that don't get to go to a bowl game this year. So, so you're telling me that even if Nebraska wins, they're not going to have to get that. They're not going to get down to the four, the four-win teams. I don't believe so. I'm sorry to burst your bubble with that. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm sorry I have to to do that to you, but it's it's just not going to happen, unfortunately. Uh, Syracuse is five and six. They host nine and two Pittsburgh, seven thirty p.m. Eastern, six thirty p.m. Central Time on the ACC Network. Charlie is Syracuse bullbound or not? I want them to, but unfortunately, I think it's the wrong team. If they were playing any but about one or two other ACC schools, I don't think they're beating. They're beating. They're not going to beat that. Okay, so Syracuse not bowl bound. Uh, then we get to Virginia Tech. They're on the road at Virginia. Uh, is it four forty, three forty p.m. Or what the hell time? It's a it's some weird time on the ACC network. I think it's like it's at three forty, three forty. On the ACC network, 
at Virginia. Charlie, are my Hokies bullbound or not? I have bad news, Stackham, and it's that you're going to have to watch two more Virginia Tech football games. Whoa, that's, no, no, that's okay. That's good. That means we're going to a bowl game. And that's what you're telling me? Yep. I was doing a Lee Corso not so fast. Oh. Old fast walk. So that would be an upset. So, yep. But they're we, going. Your cookies right. are going bowling. All right. I appreciate that. Yeah, dog. Let's go, Hokies. Uh, I don't want to see the season end. By the way, I, th- I think Shane Beamer should be the head coach uh, for Virginia Tech. I really do. Uh, and I was wrong. 2.45 p.m. Central Time on the ACC Network. So I was a, t- a tish off there. Uh, but hopefully we have a couple more games. But, again, I think Shane Beamer from South Carolina needs to, to go to Virginia Tech to be the head coach. I think that would be what would excite the fan base the most. Big 12 now. I mean, at this point, I'd say you should probably try and get Dan Mullen. But, I mean, if he says no, then you get Shane Beamer. Well, okay, I'll, I'll take Dan Mullen. Or, again, you know, the old, uh, you know, Ben Yeers and the Hummer. Get on up to, uh, get, get Coach Ole up to, to Blacksburg there. We're going to get we gonna get a win here. He probably recruit pretty well for Jimmy Tech. So, I mean, he, it's not bad. No, he, yeah, I would agree with that. He just maybe can't coach him the best. Big 12 we go. Uh, West Virginia. Five and six. They are at Kansas. Charlie, is West Virginia bull bound or not? Normally, I wouldn't take West Virginia to win a road game because it's a long way to travel. Man, you're going to win a road game in the Big 12. It's a good place to have to go in. So, West Virginia is All right. Very good. West Virginia bull bound. TCU, five and six. They are at Iowa State on Friday. So, is TCU bull bound or not? They are not. Iowa State's eating the win. The long way for TCU to travel. And it's going to play some role in it. And I think Iowa State's just bad. All right. Maryland, 5-6. and six. They are at Rutgers. It is a battle of 5-6 and six teams here. So Rutgers and Maryland. One team is going bowling. The other is not. Who's going bowling out of the Big Ten East? Two, ten, two, or two teams enter, one team leaves. Yes. I think Maryland's going to win. So I'm, I would say the Terrapins. Okay. And Rutgers is staying. Rutgers, unfortunately, has to stay in New Jersey. <laughs> oh, poor Rutgers. But hey, five wins. They're getting better under Greg Chiano. They're, they're, things are definitely turning around for them. Uh, Old Dominion is. Uh, let's go to the Conference uh, USA here. Uh, what's left of Conference USA anyway for now. We have four five-win teams. Five five-win teams in here. So get ready for some Conference USA action here. We have Old Dominion who hosts Charlotte. It's another battle of five and six teams. One of these teams is going bowling. The other isn't. Is it uh, Old Dominion or is it Charlotte? I'm trying to think of a miners pawn off the top of my head, but I can't, and it doesn't matter anyways. Who'd you Who'd you pick here? I'm taking Old Dominion. Old Dominion. All right, Old Dominion taking down Charlotte, who by the way beat Duke earlier this year, and then we have another battle of five and six uh, teams. So Conference USA is certainly the conference to watch this week potentially for bowl bound teams. Five and six, Middle Tennessee State at five and six, Florida Atlantic. 
I don't know why I feel Middle Tennessee's going to win. I don't have a great read on that either way. I guess I like the, the mascot, the Blue Raiders, and the Miamis. That's, that's what I'm thinking, Middle Tennessee. Okay. Uh, North Texas is 5-6. and six. They host UTSA. Don't want to have to play UTSA this year. UTSA's winning. Sorry, North Texas. Jalen Darden and his alma mater not going bowling, according to Charlie Hildebrand. I would agree with that. Uh, Maction, congratulations to Ball State. They were the last team with five wins. Uh, they won Tuesday night against Buffalo. So Ball State is bowling in the in the in the MAC in the Mid American Conference Western Division in the MAC West. Every team has at least six wins. It's crazy. Uh, in the Eastern Division, Miami and Kent State both have six wins. So, so big difference between the East and the West. Yes, yes, indeed. So the 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 West definitely beat up on each other, um, but they fed on the East. So there's that. So good for them. Uh, let's jump to the Mountain West. There's one five-win team here. It's San Jose State. And San Jose State plays Thanksgiving Day against Fresno State. I believe that game is in Fresno. Let's get pulled up here. It's on FS1, 3.30. So uh, if you don't, uh, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on FS1. You can watch that a little bit after you watch Bears-Lions and before Raiders-Cowboys begins. Uh, And it's in San Jose, excuse me. So Fresno State at San Jose State. Fresno State is a favorite by seven and a half points. Charlie, is San Jose State bull bound or not? Vegas is wrong. San Jose State's winning outright. Whoa! San Jose State going bowling. Going bowling, according to Charlie Hildebrand. Now, I really like that. I hope San Jose State gets the job done hosting Fresno State. So that would be an upset win for sure. Uh, we'll see if it happens. I uh, should mention here also that Hawaii five and seven. I still think they're they're bowl eligible. They do have that uh, if they can get to six wins, they do go to Wyoming on Saturday. So Charlie is Wyoming or is Hawaii bowl bound or not? I don't think they are. I don't know what the weather's going to be like in Wyoming. It might be warm and nice. I'm assuming it's going to be cold though, and even if it's not. It's going to be cold for Hawaii, and that's a long ways to go from Hawaii to Miami in late November. So, I'm saying the Cowboys win. I would I would agree with that. I don't think it's happening for Hawaii, which means we don't know who the hell is going to play in the Hawaii Bowl if Hawaii's not there. So, that that's a question that will be decided here in a couple of weeks when bowl games are announced. In the Pac-12, we have 4-6 and six Cal. Remember, their game against USC was postponed uh, to what uh, the, the, the day of the, the, the conference championship, so in a couple of weeks here. So Cal is, a, they host UCLA, or they're at UCLA, excuse me, and then they host USC. So Charlie, is Cal bowl-bound or not? That's tough, because all three teams are not very good this year on which one's I'm going to say they're not. I don't know which one they're going to lose. I don't think they're beating both the Los Angeles. One of them's going to find a way to win. It's going to keep Cal out. 
Did you see that uh, the the points that UCLA put up on USC in the Rose Bowl? Not the Rose Bowl in in the Coliseum. It was sixty two to thirty three or some something crazy like that. UCLA just blew them out of the water. UCLA is going to crush Cal, so I think they they destroy they end Cal's dreams there. And then USC at four and six they host BYU, and then they're at Cal. So Charlie is USC bowl bound or not? They are not. BYU is going to play, have much more to play for than USC well. I'm like, I think USC wants the season to be over. And I think BYU is just going to physically beat them up and win by at least 24 points. I wonder if there's ever been a season where USC, Texas, and or Florida or Florida State don't play in a bowl game in the same year. And Nebraska. We'll include Nebraska in that. I don't. I honestly don't know. I mean, we probably have to go back to, like, 1960 when there were only, like, six bowl games. Yeah, potentially. It's it's just crazy what's going on there. Uh, SEC, LSU hosts Texas A&M on Saturday. This is to get to bowl eligibility. Charlie, is LSU bowl-bound or not? Bad news for Orgeron, not going to a bowl game. They're going to lose to A&M. Oh, poor, poor, poor Eddie O out. I mean, it's going to work all right for you, though. It gives him time to stretch and get ready to take over that Hokies job. True, true. It gives him a little time. So, uh, well, we appreciate that. And then in the Sun Belt, we have Troy. Uh, they host Georgia State, or they're at Georgia State. So, Troy 5-6 and six at 6-5 six and five Georgia State on Saturday, Charlie. Is Troy bullbound or not? Oh, Troy's bullbound. They're going. They'll sneak in a wooden horse if they have to, but they're fine. Okay. All right. So, Troy is going to be bullbound here, That, according to Charlie. And then the only other team in the Sun Belt, USA, USA, South Alabama. They are hosting Coastal Carolina uh, on Friday. So, Charlie is South Alabama. Bullbound or not? Second, you know what happens when a uh, when a hurricane meets a jaguar? Um, I don't. I don't either, but it's irrelevant because Coastal Carolina is going to win, so no bowl game for USA. Well, they're a Chanticleer; they're not a hurricane. No, oh, that's right. Well, fine. We'll <laughs> switch to Chanticleer. And okay. Either way, the same thing. It's not going to go well for. Uh, for uh, for for, who, for, for I South, already forgot who it was. South Alabama, so okay, South Alabama, so, yeah, Coastal so, Carolina. So the Chanticleers are just going to peck South Alabama to death. Is that uh, is that how I understand it? They're going to outsmart them, and then they're going to peck them to death. Speaking of Coastal Carolina, they had a they had a they had a big win against Texas State for whatever that's worth, and then they had a uh, pizza eat off, a competitive eating competition. Uh, Competitive eating competition against Joey Chestnut trying to down some pizzas. I don't think it went very well. Did you see any of this? What were your thoughts on that? I did see that. I heard something about Joey Chestnut with some college football team, and that was all I saw. I did not know it was Coastal Carolina. And I did not know they were eating pizza against them. I, I'm imagining that Joey Chestnut could eat more than any Coastal Carolina player, even though they were probably incredibly hungry offensive line. Yeah. I don't think it went very well. Uh, multiple guys tried and attempted. and I, I'm sure Coastal Carolina, I, I don't know if they were all offensive linemen. My guess is probably a good portion of them were. 
because that's a food you'd think that would eat the most. I don't think you eat more than most people can, but it's it's hard to eat more than the person who's one of the one or two most famous people in the world for eating. Right. Either him or Kobayashi. Yeah. And when they literally are like, no, we do this for a living, it's hard to be like, oh, this thing I like to do for fun, I'm going to do better than a pro at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Probably not not happening there. And then the final matchup here, the premier game of five and six teams this week, we have Florida hosting Florida State, two five and six teams, one team's the game. Angst Bowl. What's that? The Angst Bowl, oh. A-N-G-S-T. Yes. Oh, yes. Not only, not only do you want to win and you want to beat your rival, but if you lose, you have to stay home and your rival gets to go to a bowl game. And they can, even in a bad year, they can forever hang that over you. Uh, it's at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN. So, Charlie, who's bowl bound in this uh, matchup? I would not have thought this a month and a half ago. I don't think anybody would have, but it's going to be Florida State. They're beating Florida. I, I, I do not think that Florida's going to rally, at least not well enough, around whoever their interim coach is. And the Seminoles are going bowling. I agree. Which seems, which there's no way I would have thought this in the middle of September. I absolutely agree. I mean, we talked about Florida State at one point on like, when will they win? They had to play UMass. That looked like it was going to be their first win of the season. They did get a win at North Carolina, which really helped spur things along. Um, that was, yeah, because they beat Syracuse for the first one of the year. Then they went to Chapel Hill and beat North Carolina. That's when you kind of thought, okay, things may be turning around. And they had that close win against Miami. So, yeah, this is a monster matchup here uh, for all the wrong reasons. I'm going to give you a hot take second. Okay. I think Florida State season is about, it's, look, obviously anytime you, like, play for a national title or make the playoff, that's going to be a better. In any year that you, when you win the division and play in the conference title, is going to be a better year. Mm-hmm. But outside of those things happening, or you know, making getting in that large spot in one of the huge New Year Six bowls, that's not a playoff game. Outside of those things happening, if Florida State beats Florida, I think that's literally about as good of a season you can hope for if you're not winning like a major title of some sort. Mm-hmm. Not in terms of overall record. But in terms of slow start, so expectations fall catastrophically low. You know, you're thinking, oh, my God, I don't know if we're going to get to two wins. Mm-hmm. Two, you're beating both of your your heated, hate in-state rivals. Yes. And keeping one of them from going to a bowl game in the last game of the year. Mm-hmm. And then you end up going to one yourself, too, in a game, in a season that you thought was lost and wasn't going to beat anything. And all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's not going to be a good bowl game. But you're going and you're getting the extra practices, and it's all just gravy from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, long story short, I think I think outside of winning a national title, a playoff spot, getting a New Year's Six bowl game, or winning your division or conference. Well, it's kind of like I, like I think that's when you look. I should rephrase it this way. I think that kind of season where they go seven and if, if they win their bowl game, go seven and six. I think Florida State fans will have their had more fun this season with the regular mm-hmm. than if they would if they just would have had a whole nine and four year where they went eight and four, lost to Miami, lost to Florida, lost a bowl game, and then you know were eight and five oh. or, or let's let's just let's say nine and four. Mm-hmm. so you're even two games better. 
you know, a nine and three regular season, you don't win the division, you lose your bowl game to a borderline top twenty five team. You go, Oh my god, nine and four, we didn't do anything we wanted to. Mm-hmm. Or at least this time at seven and six, you could at least be like, Hey, it was not good at the start, but oh my god, it was so much fun when we realized that we were going to a bowl game and we beat the two teams. It's kind of like it, like for you, I would assume if you if the Dolphins went two and fifteen this year, but both the wins happened to come against New England, you would take that. Uh, well, it, 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 uh, it would, yeah, probably. I mean, if if it, if it came down to that, and you're like, well, we beat New England twice. That's great. That'd be you know, if the Vikings, went- especially with the caveat of like it keeps New England either from making the playoffs or it keeps them from getting one of the top two seeds. Sure. So yeah. they have to go on the road and they lose in the road. The well, like if the Vikings beat the, the yeah. if the Vikings beat the Packers twice and only, and they finished two and 15 be like, well, this sucks of a season, but Hey, we swept the Packers. That's great. It would be like SDSU going two and 10 or two and nine, whatever, but w- having wins at North Dakota state and against USD, that would be like, yes, it would suck, but you beat your rivals and that would be all that matters. And speaking of SDSU, they are in the playoffs. They host UC Davis, who, by the way, beat Tulsa earlier this season. Um, it sucks that they have to play on Thanksgiving weekend. It's going to be a very small crowd, I think. I would. I really wish they could have been a seeded team and had that week off and then had the home game. But they are getting healthier at the right time. You know, they've battled a lot of injuries this year. Isaiah Davis is back. They have a favorable draw. You get to play. If you beat UC Davis, you get to play Sacramento State. That doesn't scare me. And then you can play Sam Houston State. We'll see what happens there. They they can exact revenge on Sam Houston. So they avoid James Madison. They avoid North Dakota State. What are your thoughts on a potential run here for the Jackrabbits in the FCS playoffs? I don't think it's going to be like to the Final Four or anything. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to win the first two, though. And I think, and if I remember right, Sam Houston, they're the number one. Yes. Overall seed. Yes. Yep. And yeah. So I, I think South Dakota State's going to win too, and then they're going to lose on the road to San Houston. Okay. I, I think. Seed, which, I mean, I think going into the year, we'd be like, oh, that's maybe a little disappointing. But the way the last month is shaken out, it would be like, oh, you, you win two games in the postseason and at least get down to the final eight. Like, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. And yeah, just given all the injuries that they've had this year. But, you know, to think if they had just. You know, punted it against USD. You're at ten and two. You're getting you're getting a buy this this week. You are, or I guess they would be nine and two. You're you're you would be getting a buy this week. And if you had beaten Southern Illinois, you only have that one loss to Northern Iowa on Hobo Day. That would have been you would be a top two seed. Maybe pro- you'd probably be the yeah you'd be two only behind Sam Houston State. So that sucks in that regard, but. Yeah, we'll see. At least, you know, for a team that's not seeded, the the Jackrabbits have a very favorable road to Frisco. As favorable as you could get given the circumstances. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, if if you're national title or bust, I think you're going to be disappointed. But if you're, hey, we wanted them to get in and see what they could do. You know, winning two games, including one on the road, I think would would be something. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I don't think it's what anyone would want to go into but it would at least be like, hey, we still kind of right the ship. It still ended up being better than almost everybody else. Right. Absolutely. Uh, Charlie, I always appreciate the time, my friend. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And uh, enjoy the great college football this weekend. 
and uh, look forward to chatting with you hopefully next week as we uh, look ahead to championship weekend in college football. All right. Sounds good, buddy. I always enjoy talking to you, too. All right. Thank you, Charlie. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. Charlie Hildebrand, kind enough to spend some time with us, go over all the, the big games in rivalry week, talk about the college football playoff in the last edition of Bullbound or Not for the year. Trust me, folks, it will be back next year. We always look forward to doing it, and we'll try and get it a little more throughout the season. Uh, we did do it every week during November, though, because that's important, and so there we have it. Uh, we wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast with a look back at the previous week in the NFL, as we always do during f- football season, and uh, make our picks for the following week. So that's uh, right here on this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, week 11. We'll go back to that. Uh, it started out Thursday night. Patriots blanked the Atlanta Falcons 25 to nothing. Falcons didn't have Cordero Patterson. Calvin Ridley still uh, is away from football. So the Falcons were very undermanned. Mac Jones was good. The Patriots defense just superb against Matt Ryan and company. Uh, Falcons shut out at home for the first time since week six of 1988. That is rather stunning. Uh, 49ers, then on Sunday... The Green Bay Packers and Minnesota Vikings put on a classic game. Kirk Cousins played fantastic. Justin Jefferson, eight catches, 169 yards, two touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers was beyond fantastic, especially in the second half. He threw for almost 400 yards for the game and four touchdowns. But the Vikings emerged with a 34-31 win, a heck of a win for the Vikings to get to 500. And we'll see if they can keep that momentum up. They will play the 49ers this week, who beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 30-10. to Debo Samuel, eight rushes, 79 yards, and a touchdown. He also caught a number of balls. Wide receiver, it's like a Swiss Army knife for the 49ers. They're playing good football right now. Jaguars fall to 2-8. and eight. Ravens, uh, Lamar Jackson out for their game against the Bears with an illness, non-COVID related. So Tyler Huntley got the start. Never had heard of him before. No Marquise Brown, so the Ravens were practically a JV squad. Yet somehow, they prevail in Chicago with a 16-13 win Justin Fields had to leave the game in this one with a rib injury for the Bears. Andy Dalton comes in, throws two touchdowns. The Bears are up 13-9 at one point. And then the Ravens score a touchdown with under 20 seconds to go to get the 16-13 win over Chicago. Jalen Hurts, quarterback for the Eagles, three rushing touchdowns. He was superb in this one on the ground, especially the the Eagles crushed the Saints 40-29. A big win for the Eagles, whose schedule gets very easy here down the latter half of the season. Here with just division games and a game against the Jets. So, Eagles looking very good to make a postseason run. Stunner of the day, perhaps, was in Nashville in a rainstorm. The Houston Texans get their second win of the season, snap an eight-game losing streak. They beat Tennessee 22-13. Tyrod Taylor had a couple of rushing touchdowns for the Texans in this one. Ryan Tannehill, four interceptions for the Titans. Not good at all. The Titans now have lost games to the Jets and the Texans this year. Head-scratching losses, to say the least. Browns get a 13-10 win over Detroit. Some uh, <laughs> We talked about this with, with Travis. Tyler Blau. Who, who the who, Who's this guy? Tyler Blau, he's bad. It's just blight. Whatever the guy's name is, he sucks. And the, the Lions suck. They're still winless. Uh, Baker Mayfield wasn't great. He got booed off of the field. Um, but the Browns get the 13-10 win, so that's big. 
Jonathan Taylor had himself a day for the Indianapolis Colts. Four rushing touchdowns, a receiving touchdown as well. He's the fifth player in the Super Bowl era with 200-plus scrimmage yards and five touchdowns, five-plus touchdowns in a game. He was great. The Colts run all over the Buffalo Bills, 41-15. The Bills were seemingly on cruise control in the AFC East, and now all of a sudden they're looking up to the New England Patriots, which is rather stunning. The Colts playing some really good football right now. In the Ron Rivera Bowl, Cam Newton had a couple of touchdowns for the Carolina Panthers, but Washington just too good. Taylor Heineke leading the charge as Washington gets a 27-21 win over Carolina. Washington has now won two games in a row. Speaking of teams on streaks, the Miami Dolphins have now won three in a row. They go into they go up to New York, beat the Jets 24-17. Joe Flacco threw for a couple touchdowns in this game for the Jets, but it wasn't enough as Tua and the Dolphins get the win. Joe Mixon, over 120 yards rushing, two rushing touchdowns. The Bengals go into Vegas and beat a slumping Raiders team 32-13. Raiders couldn't do much offensively. Really, the Bengals couldn't either for much of this game until the second half. They got things turned around here, but Bengals get the win to snap a two-game losing streak, while the Raiders, their season is spiraling out of control. A lot of, lot of issues there, and a lot of distractions, but not good nonetheless for the Raiders. Arizona Cardinals with Colt McCoy starting at quarterback again. He, they get the win in Seattle 23-13. Colt McCoy throws for over 300 yards, two touchdowns, uh, both touchdowns to Zach Ertz, who had over 100 yards receiving. Russell Wilson has now lost three straight games in a single season for the first time in his career, and the offense for Seattle just looks abysmal. But considering you have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson, no excuse for this. Seattle looking awfully bad. Chiefs get a 19-9 win over the Dallas Cowboys. Their defense has really come around. Chris Jones had three and a half sacks, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery in this game for the Chiefs. He's the He was the big difference maker, and the Chiefs defense playing much better over the last four games. They get the win over the Cowboys, keeping the Cowboys out of the end zone for the first time all year, 19-9. Wild game Sunday night in L.A. The Chargers get a 41-37 win over the Steelers. The Steelers are down by what? 17 points in the fourth quarter. They come roaring back. They blocked a punt that set up a touchdown. They picked off Justin Herbert. Uh, I believe that set up a touchdown as well. They got a field goal after uh, the Chargers tried to go for it on fourth down and they get it. So they had the lead 37-34, but Justin Herbert finds Mike Williams for a big touchdown in the late in the fourth quarter and the Chargers defense gets a couple of sacks to win the game. Austin Eckler, two rushing touchdowns, two receiving touchdowns for the Chargers, and Justin Herbert, 350-plus yard passing, 90 yards rushing for the Chargers. Big one, uh, big game for him. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take down the New York Giants 30-10. to Giants had one highlight in this game. It was Andrew Thomas, the offensive lineman, catching a touchdown pass in the second quarter. But this was really more about Tom Brady and the Bucs looking very, very good in this one, snapping their two-game losing streak. You couldn't see Tom Brady losing three games in a row, right? Let's go to week 12. Turkey Day triple header on Thanksgiving. We have the Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions, uh, 12.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Central Time on Fox. If Jared Goff plays, I think I'm taking the Lions in this one. There's reports that Matt Nagy might get fired for the Bears even after this game, win or lose. Uh, Andy Dalton's going to get the start for the Bears. I just think the Lions are close. They're going to get the win on Thanksgiving. I'll take Detroit. Uh, Vegas Raiders at the Dallas Cowboys, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 p.m. Central Time on CBS. The Cowboys don't have Amari Cooper. They have some issues, but they're going to bounce back because the Raiders, ever since the Henry Ruggs deal, it's just 
it's just not good. Cowboys get the win over the Raiders here. And then uh, to cap it off, 7.20 p.m. Central Time, 8.20 p.m. Eastern on NBC. Buffalo Bills at the New Orleans Saints. It's going to be loud on the Superdome, but the Bills, they need a win in the desperate ways. They are a more talented team. They're at more at full strength. The Saints dealing with a lot of injuries right now. Not sure if Alvin Kamara is going to play for them or not taking the Bills in this one. Then it's Sunday, the Tennessee Titans at the New England Patriots, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. After that loss by the, the Titans last week to the Texans, I can't take them to beat the Patriots. Patriots are playing too good right now. Titans have too many injuries. Give me the Patriots to win a low-scoring affair, but I'll take the Patriots nonetheless. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Indianapolis Colts, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. I, I, I've tended to take the Colts. Here, Jonathan Taylor can run against this Buccaneers team, but Kenny, if, is Vitavia going to play? I'll take I'll take Tom Brady, but I I, I just don't I don't oh, yeah I'll take Tom Brady in the Bucks, but don't be surprised if the Colts pull off the win here. New York Jets at the Houston Texans, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on CBS. I had a bet I made a bet in one of my fantasy leagues that the Texans would win two or fewer games this season. I think they're going to get their third win here, their second in a row. I think they take they take down the Jets. I think the Jets are a good team. Who's who's that quarterback? Is it Mike White? Is it going to be Zach Wilson? We'll see. Uh, bad game. Take the Texans. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Got to go with the Bengals here. Pittsburgh Steelers playing good. They're going to get uh, some defensive guys back like T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, but... Like the Bengals here to get the series, the season sweep of the Steelers this season. So give me the Bengals in a tight one here. Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Giants, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. The Eagles are rolling. Jalen Hurts is running really well. Uh, the Giants are reeling. Give me the Eagles to beat a reeling Giants team. And then the Atlanta Falcons at the Jacksonville Jaguars, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Cordero, Cordero Patterson, I believe, will play in this one. But the Jaguars... That was a bad loss to San Francisco last week. Atlanta's got a lot of issues, though. Give me Jacksonville, an improving Jaguars team. I, th I like them to take down Atlanta. Carolina Panthers at the Miami Dolphins, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Dolphins are playing better. Carolina up and down. I think Carolina gets the job done in this one here. I don't have a lot of confidence in them, but I'll take Cam and company to get the win. LA Chargers at the Denver Broncos, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Let's go with the Chargers here. Big win against the Steelers. We'll see if they have an emotional letdown or a little tired in this one. Broncos coming off of a bye. Bad loss uh, to the Eagles going into the bye. I just think the Chargers are a better team. So give me the Chargers in this one. Uh, Minnesota Vikings at the San Francisco 49ers. 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on Fox. I want to take the Vikings in this one, but this is the spot where you expect the Vikings to win and they lose. So give me the 49ers, who have also won two in a row in the battle of five and five teams to win this one. And then the LA Rams at the Green Bay Packers, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Just how bad is Aaron Rodgers' toe? I think that's the key in this one. If the if the Rams, the Rams are in, in desperate need of a win. They've lost two in a row. If their defense can get after Rodgers, I think the Rams get the win here. Um, I'll, I'll go on a limb and say they do. I think they, they get the job done. I think they beat the I think they beat the Packers here. And then Sunday night football, Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. The Browns are beat up. I think they get Kareem Hunt back in this one. They, you know, Nick Chubb, you got to ride the, those two to victory. 
I don't know if they will, but that's what they should do. Lamar Jackson plays. I think he does enough. I like the Ravens to beat the Browns here. And then Monday Night Football, terrible matchup. Seattle Seahawks at the Washington football team, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central time on ESPN. I don't think either of these teams are very good, but Washington's playing better football right now than Seattle. I'll take Washington. Again, don't say that with a great deal of confidence. And those are your picks for Week 12. Official picks and predictions can be found. We have two posts, our Thanksgiving Day uh, triple header edition on Thursday and then the normal football Friday post in the stack, stackattack.sportsblog.com on Fridays. Uh, so happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, everyone. Thank you. I'm very thankful that you listen to this podcast week in and week out. Always appreciate uh, loyal listeners out there. Uh, special hello to my mom. Um, thinking of you, love you, praying for you, and um, we'll keep doing this for you here and give you a little entertainment throughout the week. So uh, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Have a great uh, day, a great weekend with friends and family, loved ones. Enjoy the food. Enjoy the football. Happy Thanksgiving from all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast. For Travis and Charlie, I'm Nathan. By the way, follow Charlie on Hildebrand, or Charlie Hildebrand on Twitter at C.E. Hildebrand, uh, t- Travis at Travis Grins, myself at Andy Stacken, uh, Facebook Nathan Stacken, a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Again, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Thankful that you keep listening to us. And from all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, for Travis and Charlie, I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving. And we'll talk to you again next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone.